Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Episode 78. No, nope. I'm Casey Ryan. Uh, episode 77. I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. And, and we, we watched, watched Batman and Robin. That's right, we did. Unfortunately. We're a we're a dynamic trio here this evening. I, I wait, Justin, does that make you Batgirl? I think technically just in, sheer, <laughs> in terms of sheer appearance order, I think that does technically make me Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl, yeah. <laughs> Hey, as as Barbara Pennyworth. Oh God! Oh, we'll boy. we'll get to all that, uh, ladies and gentlemen. The uh, extra voice you're hearing is uh, a, a wonderful new friend. Let's yeah. say we're. I hope I hope we are friends by the end of this and not enemies because of this movie. <laughs> uh, Justin Musso, uh, welcome. Thank you for choosing this movie. Question mark. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I. Have I, I think my weird nostalgia about this and like Batman Forever? I think Batman Forever was the first Batman movie I ever saw in theaters. So I oh, have wow. I have an odd soft spot for Joel Schumacher Batman, and I I have to say up front, I know that like you know we're 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 gonna get into our our feelings and and, and our opinions of this movie. I have to say up mm-hmm. front, I while there was a lot to cock my head at and really try to figure out the logic behind a lot of the stuff that happened in this movie. There's something about the Joel Schumacher Batman aesthetic that is just so like it's 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 movie theater popcorn to me. It is that it is with oh, fake butter. It is it is the most unhealthy thing for you. But there is something that you you keep you want to finish you want to finish the bucket. You don't want to, you know, you you paid good money for this bucket, and by God, you're gonna fit, you're gonna eat every greasy 
fake buttery bite of it. Man, I feel a little bit dirty better. after that. Uh, like I, I need to go wash my hands. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I, we, I, before we jump into this, just in case someone stumbled here and they didn't oh. listen to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we should share, you know, Justin, you may be new to our podcast, but you've got some serious geek credentials. Where could people check those out? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think most, uh, most fervently, I guess, most actively, <laughs> Uh, you can find me on TikTok at moose underscore zero. Uh, I, I post a lot of comic book deep dives and kind of like op-ed videos about comic book movies, TV shows, various media. Um, that's where I'm definitely most active. Uh, I'm also over on Twitter at moo underscore so, like the sound a cow makes and a needle pulling thread. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not as active on that i mostly retweet a lot of like comic book creators on there uh because I, I follow a lot of them on there and they're very much enjoyable to kind of watch what they put out into the twitterverse yeah so if you have so i will confess i am not so much on the tiktok but my wife huge on the tiktok uh she was checking out your stuff uh last night and the night before i had previously checked out the one that sticks in my head and i wonder if you have this problem does the Agatha All Along song is that running through your head all the time or just sometimes? Oh, it's never it's never not. If I if I allow my brain to like a half second of silence, it will just kick it in like hold music. It'll just it'll it'll just get there if if I'm having to like switch focus on something, if I'm like waking up, if I get distracted, it'll just kick in and just be there for the rest of the day. While I was so excited when that moment happened in the episode, I also cursed the the Lopez's. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is this, this is never leaving my brain yeah, ever they, again. They did too good a job. They 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 100 percent were like we like we know that you you're gonna enjoy that the general like Wandavision theme song that is literally just the four notes and then Wandavision and that's the only <laughs> lyrics and so that will drive you right. crazy. But we're saving the real heat until Agatha all along when you won't be able to stop singing it to yourself no matter 100%. what. 100%. I'm literally I'll- singing it as you're talking. I'm going... <laughs> <laughs> it was Agatha all along. Yeah. But also with that... I think they also went, hey, did you think, do you want to build a snowman with an earworm? <laughs> Let us introduce you to Agatha all along. Just wait. That's right. God. <laughs> all right. Um, en- enough about WandaVision. Uh, <laughs> great though it was. So um, we can't talk about WandaVision tonight? We have to talk about God, something else? God, I would else? love to talk Re- about WandaVision. We, we, we do have to talk about Batman and Robin. Uh, if, if, uh, for, if, uh, for, if for no other reason than because the three of us have watched it within the last 24 hours. <laughs> and so much like The Ring, we now have to get it onto record so that somebody else will have to experience this pain so that we can move on with our lives. Not only did you beat me to the joke, you punched it up way better than I could have. Thank you. Um, we also can't, because we we had kind of peeked behind the curtain. We talked about maybe doing a WandaVision review. And uh, Michael Fight, who was your main contact in the beginning, was like, maybe WandaVision. I'm like, well, we haven't introduced on this podcast the two <laughs> characters that are the stars of it. So that'd be really confusing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, think, I, think it's, I think it's I think it's fair to give to at least... At least do the Age of Ultron episode and then jump into WandaVision. You know, maybe maybe do maybe do the stopover at Civil War along the way, kinda of let the 
let that relationship build a bit and then yeah but i get that i get i get why get wanting to you know get 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 the feel get refamiliarized with the characters before you just are being like and this is why because that also will stop you from you know having to hit the problem of being like okay and then if you look here that she makes this reference to sokovia now for sokovia we're gonna have to go all the way back and like do that at literally every episode at least three or four times and yeah. it's it, yeah it's save a there's lots of callbacks we are big fans of Patton Oswald's uh, um, ad lib monologue in Parks and Rec. The oh God, Star that Wars, one is so good. Marvel Universe crossover. But we don't want to have to do that in no, every episode. Yeah, yeah right. ideally, ideally, it, it, it is very funny to see happen, and then, but then to have to do nine episodes, uh, <laughs> right. where each one has to have a, a necessary tangent to talk about why this one moment is significant. Uh, can can get a little a little exhausting, I can imagine. One hundred percent. Well, and and also we like to uh, have the fun game of pretending like no one has seen anything ahead of time. A couple times, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the episodes, but Todd would start talking about stuff that happens like Infinity War and stuff, but, and well, I'll yeah. bleep I'll bleep out words, <laughs> and I'll uh, not, not like in any time frame when it was like close to Infinity War. It was oh, like sure. well after it'd it come out. Yeah, years. it's more of a bit at this point, but I'm not going to stop the bit because it's funny. Oh yeah, it's a well, good it's a good bit because you get so mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Right, it's a uh, good but listen, okay. we're not here to talk about Wandavision or Infinity War. We're not we, here to talk about the MCU. That's no. right. We've and we've got God. some rules. I mean, we're not we're not animals. I mean, come on. Well, <laughs> but we're a little bit animals. Yeah, I've seen your web browser. <laughs> I told you to delete my history. If I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I was supposed to delete it. I delete it. Copied it. I'm oh, sorry. Boy. Um. So, uh, you know, since we are guys with beers talking about movies with capes, what are we drinking? Our beer comes to us this evening, like so many of our beers, from our good friends over at Branching Out Bottle Shop in Township Five here in the Greater Syracuse, New York area. And we've talked many times, finest beer selection you're going to find. But even with that, sometimes it's a little bit of a crapshoot. You walk into the beer shop, and am I going to find a themed beer? You know, right away, I'm going to have to hunt a little bit. Uh, this was one of those easy weeks. I was three steps into the beer shop, and I saw the beer, and I said, well, that's what we're drinking tonight, clearly. So this is a beer that we have drank, a beer company we've drank before. I have drank at one of their breweries down in Virginia. So this is Aslan Beer Company. They are a craft brewery located in Alexandria in Herndon, Virginia. They offer world-class beer that pushes innovation and creativity. Now, the beer we're drinking this evening, I mean, it's perfect. Literally, the opening moments, once you get past the title graphics of this movie and you're presented with bat nipples, bat ass, bat codpiece, I mean... There's a there's a certain earthy vibe that this movie summons up. So mm-hmm. this evening we will be drinking Aslan Beer Company's bringing extra sexy back. This <laughs> double IPA dry hopped with mosaic is so lusciously smooth and soft it feels sensual. Sweet berry, ripe peach and mango, all wrapped up with a perfect dank finish. Now we are recording remotely here. Uh, which is a good thing because this is 9.4% alcohol by volume. So good thing we're not driving. I but didn't look at the ABV. Oh, God. <laughs> Justin, Casey and I are going to crack our beers. Justin, what are you using to get through this episode? 
Well, uh, I'm glad you asked, because I thought that I would try to put together a, a bit of a themed cocktail for the episode. Uh, so I have a, a, a mixture here that I'm calling Gotham on the Rocks. And <laughs> Gotham on the Rocks is uh, pretty easy, pretty straightforward to make. It is a uh, rum and coke, essentially, with uh, as close to two parts rum to one part coke as you could possibly imagine. <laughs> Um, to, to fill to fill this nice highball glass. Oh my! Um, oh and yes. You see, the, the reason I went with Gotham on the Rocks is because it's almost a pun. Uh, much like many of the lines in this movie, it is almost <laughs> sure. a, a, a fitting pun. But it is also strong enough to get me through this movie. And really, you need you need that that strength that 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 before before you tackle it. Like I. I do not recommend anybody go into this movie, spe- this specific Batman movie, stone sober. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if if you will be able to really wrap your head around the whiplash between every plot line happening, uh, every pun made, every gratuitous rubber ass shown in this movie. Uh, without the help of at least at least a, a, something to help wet the whistle and take the edge off. Listen, was I that like my problem last night that I didn't drink. Before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean, look, I I didn't drink before my viewing either, and I I don't know necessarily that the viewing itself suffered from it, but I certainly did. Um, oh yes, I too white knuckled this one, and I regret that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. This was this was rough. All right, well, gentlemen. cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh. Well, oh no. Listen, I'm not happy about the movie, but I'm happy about this beer. Yeah, there you go. Silver okay, lining. Leave it there till we start talking cuz <laughs> we've, we've both already done our drunk episodes this season. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. Justin, mine was Suicide Squad. I was shit-faced 20 minutes into the t- discussion cuz I pre-gamed. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that, I mean that's that's the only way to go about that movie. Like you, you gotta pregame before you even get to the like drinking portion of that movie. That's so bad. That's right. All right. So, unfortunately, now uh, Justin, sadly, not in the Central New York area, so can't check out branching out bottle out. Oh my gosh, <laughs> can't check out branching out bottle shop. But if you're here, definitely go check them out. Say hello to. Shop Dog Barley, our friends Carissa and Joel, and see the finest beer selection you're going to find. Yes. Okay. Uh, we don't have any reshoots and reactions. Nope. Kind of fun part of uh, having a lot of podcast runway in front of us. Full speed ahead. Yeah. Uh, so our... Oh. <laughs> What's the IMDb the, score for this movie? <laughs> on a 10-point scale, Batman and Robin currently sits at a 3.8. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. That's... Suspiciously high. Who are the three and eight tenths of people that said yes I, to this? I don't. I mean, I would have to imagine Schumacher put in his two cents to get that bump that score a little bit. <laughs> but I, yeah, that's it's it's weird because I feel like anything above maybe a four would 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 be proof that of tampering. But I think I think this is this is this is just this is just low enough that no one's going to bat yeah. an eye at it without looking at it too closely. Okay. Oh, one hundred percent. We'll 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 see where we land in a little while here. Let's <laughs> now. The beauty of this being like what this forty seventh Batman movie that we've watched. We don't have to talk yeah. about Batman or Robin. 
Uh, we don't have to talk about the Burton verse yeah, or yeah. Bad Girl or any any really any aspect that isn't Mister Freeze or Poison Ivy. Those we are the 100%. Yeah. Commissioner Gordon shows up for all of five minutes in this movie, and part of that is a video call with Batman. <laughs> yeah, um, Pat, even Pat Hingle was done with this franchise yeah. <laughs> by this point. <laughs> you get me for one day, and that's it. <laughs> he, I feel like he pulled up like outside the set, and he's like, "Do you have the check? Do you have, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. was told I'd have Let the it, check. Let it clear, and then I'll come sign the, the the call sheet. Let's. <laughs> that's right. That's if right. it doesn't go. bounce, you got me. That's right. So, Poison Ivy and. Uh, yeah. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, what Either of you gentlemen want to weigh in on, like, if you don't know, where do we see them? You know, when do they show up? What should we know? I will let Justin handle that. But the only thing I want to point out is that both of these characters, much like a lot of Batman villains, are both doctors. Yeah. It's interesting that, like, that was a thought that had kind of crossed my mind, you know, Maybe 80 minutes into this movie uh, was <laughs> when your mind just started to drift yeah, away. Yeah, when, when I started free associating, being like, you know, if if you got together like Batman's Rogue Gallery, for the most part, you could really like solve some big world problems if you could just kind of like corral them and like focus, draw their focus into not trying to kill Batman like for five well. minutes. You could really, you could really get some societal ills out of the way. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, I mean, you know, I, I think the, the interesting thing I think about this movie is that is not how mu- how wrong they get the characters of Poison Ivy or Mr. Freeze. It's suspiciously how right they get a lot of it. And like they almost it is almost I, I am dread to say this. It is almost a perfect backstory and like pull off of Mr. Freeze. Like I don't know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know off the top of my head if, if in the comics he's also an Olympian. I think that was literally a throw-in line just to explain why Arnold Schwarzenegger is here to be like, oh yeah, it's it's gonna be weird if we don't talk about how burly Mr. Freeze is, right? We gotta we gotta we gotta throw in a line to really include that. Um, but I mean, yeah, they got you know his his wife is suffering from this you know rare disease, and so he puts her you know on ice. Uh, to yeah. until he can figure out a cure, and that's why he's robbing places. And he, you know, it, it's it's you know, Batman's in his way, and that's like that's his whole thing. And like Batman has been known, you know, throughout his history to alternately like try to help Victor Freeze. Like as much, I would I would argue that Victor Freeze is in the Rogues Gallery, one of the people that Batman has turned to both for help and to help. Almost yeah. the most, like like next to maybe Harvey Dent, I would say is the person that he really has a soft spot for and like wants to help and like can, can, can empathize with. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they really like, like they really on paper, they got him really, really right. And, and, and pretty, pretty comics accurate in practice is a whole nother <laughs> story. Um, Good Lord. and, and po- poison Ivy, I felt really interested in, in rewatching this and like, the the characterization that Uma Thurman gives Poison Ivy in this movie is fantastic because she's kind of I, I, I equate a lot of this movie to the Adam West 1966 Batman series because it is it is swinging for the fences on that camp 
in terms yep. of the line deliveries, in terms of the sets, in terms of like the camera angles and like the like the, the kind of Dutch angles they'll put in for no reason. <laughs> um, but like it's 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 just interesting watching. Like I I, I love I for one love the fact that every time. Uh, Poison Ivy showed up somewhere, like, in disguise. Bane had, like, a complimentary disguise. He had, like, a nice... He had something to kind of help with that. A gorilla um, suit, you know. A gorilla suit. A, 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 a giant, you know, Michael, you know, Michelangelo's trench coat from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, re, re, and, and his basic... It's literally just his disguise, or, like, like, from, like, from the movie, is just like that, is what Bane wears for, like, whenever he's just, like, stepping out and doesn't want to be, like, pull too much focus. Um, yeah. And... I will say, I, I, I will say, like you know, obviously and notoriously, uh, Bane I think got the shortest end of the stick in terms of an Lord. adaptation of a character. In in almost every way they could like miss what the character is about, they did it. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I think you mean. Burn. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> monkey. Like like his his like one line deliveries that he echoes from people. He's um, the smartest Batman villain of all time, and they made the, him a moron. Literally, the first person to put together that Batman and Bruce Wayne are the same person. And ding dong, yeah. And in this movie, he is just straight moronic, dumb muscle, and like not even great muscle at that point. Like he's <laughs> he is large for sure, but he really isn't utilized all that much. Like his 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 main go to move is just to pick Robin up and like that's it that's it's like pick him up and then set him down that is that is the Bane mm-hmm. school of fighting in this movie. Do you think it has to do with Nightfall had just happened what four years before? I think I honestly don't even think that plays into it so much. I honestly think it was literally, you know, Joel Schumacher who notoriously hated doing this movie especially. Oh yeah. But oh yeah. The Batman movies in general, he wasn't really particularly thrilled that he got handed the you know responsibilities of having to direct. And I think it was literally just he was like, Poison Ivy needs a henchman. Find me a big burly guy that we can we can kind of juxtapose this this like vixen, like this like Eartha Kit trying to be like sort of Lauren Bacall, like 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 way that she's like delivering these lines as Poison Ivy. Like, like Very all, May all, West, I yeah, felt. Yeah, all, all but saying, like, come up and see me sometime at some point. Like, it was it was mm-hmm. right just out of her, just before she said it. Um, <clears throat> and just grabbed Bane because he happened to be a big, beefy dude. And I don't think he really had any regard to being like, what? I, what's his deal? I don't care. Is he large? He ha- He's big and he has a luchador mask. Because the interesting thing is, too, watching this movie well after, you know, the origi- originally seeing it and, and knowing a lot more about the comics... Now, the thing mm-hmm. that I was really struck by is in the movie, uh, Pamela Isley's boss, Jason Woodrue, is a major DC character in the comics. And Floronic just, Man, yeah, yeah Floronic Man. He's a major swap Fucking thing crazy. enemy. And it's and it's like and like I and like I love the character actor who plays him in this movie. He's infinitely watchable. I'm sad that he's oh, out of the yeah. movie so soon. The amazing he's just, John Glover. Yeah, yes. John mm-hmm. Glover, man. Like he's just great and and and, and infinitely watchable in anything he's in. Uh, and it's just it, it, it feels kind of a waste because he when he comes in he is just he is going for it in terms of being a mad scientist he is loving everything <laughs> he is whole he is, hog all he the is way chewing scenery he is he is the ununited nations um, this this the, the address <laughs> and just uh, yeah just 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 him really kind of like 
being in the movie for all of three minutes, and then he's gone after Poison Ivy comes back from the dead, and you know, then it's the Ivy show. <sighs> yeah. So. The, excellent. A um, couple of other things I want to add to that. Yes, and. Um, so, <laughs> Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy, both like long pedigreed members of the Rogues Gallery, right? So, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Freeze shows up as Mr. Zero in 1959. Poison mm-hmm. Ivy shows up in 1966. Long running characters. Um, yeah. So, typically, we'll talk a little bit about the, the, the movie itself. So, we've already spent time talking about the Burton verse. Uh-huh. Uh, just a few episodes ago, we talked about Batman Forever, mm-hmm. mm. and we talked about the shift with Joel Schumacher picking up the reins, as you mentioned. Um, Akiva Goldsman, we mentioned in Batman Forever because he oh, wrote Akiva Goldsman. He wrote it right. Uh, Bastard. He, uh, got a lot of writing credits. Uh, it starts with The Client, Time to Kill, Lost in Space, I Robot, Da Vinci Code, I Am Legend, Winter's Tale. Transformers, The Last Night, The Dark Tower, a very accomplished writer, producer. Um, Do you see how they're just doing like a dive? And like it's, you started it's, real high, and then it's, it's like it's it's a thing where like he really is like if you if you were watching a movie and during the opening scroll like like scroll you see like story by or screenplay by Akiva Goldsman, you know you got to strap in because it's going to be a, a a bit of a bit of a slump to try to like get get through. <laughs> Yeah. That's uh I'm going to agree with you. Yep, 100%. Uh I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on the production. Um Casey, do you have any almost cast from Batman Forever to to hear? I do. All right, um, what do you got? Well, first we all know that uh uh either from listening to the episode or it's pretty public knowledge Val Kilmer and Joel Schumacher did not get along mm-hmm. to the point where the two of them got into a shoving match on set and it's just like Okay, so uh, Val Kilmer refused to return for this film. No surprise there. And uh, for a hot second, they were looking at David Duchovny to play uh, Batman. And and then, for some reason, they then went back to him for Batman Begins. I think we talked about that when we did Batman Begins. Yes, yep. Yeah, we've definitely talked about him before. I thought, was he under consideration for Batman Forever? Did they start looking at him there? Uh, Okay, Maybe. I don't know. He could have been. (laughs) We do so many of these. I can a hundred percent though see him as a Schumacher Batman. I can, I can watch that kind of like easy breezy, like not quite brooding, but like still like kind of intensity that he has. Yeah. I, see, I am a fan. Casey and I differ on this one. I like Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne, especially because I feel he should be this very socially awkward guy, which Casey is a hard disagree with. I could see then everyone Duchovny would know that. he was Batman. Everyone be like, "Hey, that weirdo who lives by himself up in the fucking hill is clearly Batman." He's got to be smooth, smooth and swamp. He's got to be George Clooney. Hey, hey, ever, hey, ever notice how every time Wayne throws a gala, Batman inevitably shows up there? Yeah, that's right. It's really whether, weird. Whether whether just crashing through a window or as like a guest of honor. He's he's always on the list. He just always on, I, my in my head canon. If you're throwing a party and. Gotham City. Batman's always on the list. You don't even have to look. Oh, yeah, Batman. He's there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So for Mr. Freeze, (laughs) we hit some high water marks, and it makes it even sadder knowing this. Uh, Originally, uh, Ed Harris was up for the role, and Patrick Stewart. That that hurts me in ways I I can't even describe. Can I say we dodged a bullet? Because, and and now I'll justify that. 
because can you try to put in your head the 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 absolute 180 neck break that you would feel watching George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell doing their banter and then the camera pans and it's Patrick Stewart delivering these ice puns the script doesn't change but it's oh, yeah. Patrick Stewart acting the way that Patrick Stewart can I feel like the, uh-huh. that's too, it's too much presence and gravitas. It would completely <laughs> throw off the balance of the movie. Like this is this is this is a, a fondue pot of a movie. It is cheese all oh. the way down. <laughs> like you can't you can't have some you can't just toss in some foie gras into this melted cheese and expect it to not throw off the balance. Uh, um, it's in one of one of John Mulaney's Netflix specials. He talks about when Patrick Stewart hosted SNL. Mm-hmm. Salt and, and Papa. <laughs> that's now that's now that's all I can think of. <laughs> Actually, now I kind of want to see that one. I'm not gonna lie. So, so the one thing I'll say before I do the rest of the almost cast for that, I, I was gonna put it somewhere in the episode, but imagine if Arnold Schwarzenegger lines don't change, nothing else changes about the performance, but he played it like the Terminator. Honestly, this movie it would, would be amazing. Three percent like better. Yeah, yeah. It, would, it, it, would, it, would, it wouldn't it would, fix it would this movie it. at all. That that's that's a thing that I I remember, I remember turning to my wife because she was nice enough to watch it with me and <laughs> mine too. Uh, I remember turning to her at one point and going like, you know, it's a fascinating thing to think about, but like because he is either always in his like mech suit or in his like luxuriant bathrobe. That's the only two <laughs> things we ever see him in in the entire movie. Complete with uh, oh, ascot. And and, and and yeah, and, and the prison guard, but like yeah. because because we never see a shirtless Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie. Mm-hmm. He was not cast for his bulk or his muscle. This was an acting role well, for Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but not yes and um, <laughs> after Patrick Stewart and Ed Harris were looked at, uh, Joel Schumacher decided that Mr. Freeze needs to be, and I quote from Mr. Schumacher, big and strong like he was chiseled out of a glacier. So added to the mix of possibly uh, being cast were Hulk Hogan Naturally. and Sylvester Stallone. Oh, my God. You I'll bet me. All the- all, all of those are terrible. Oh, and at one point, Anthony Hopkins was looked at, and I'm just like, nope, not him. No, either. no. like it's it's it, what what a what a what a weird. Can you just I'm just like trying to picture like the audition room and like the waiting room, and it's just <laughs> all like of them are there. it's just it's just Anthony Hopkins staring down Hulk Hogan competing for a role that could literally go either way. <laughs> it's like we well, both you know, have an equal shot looking, in this role. Yeah, we're you know we're envisioning we're going for that. Hulk Hogan slash Anthony Hopkins type, you know, yeah, sure, that, oh, you know, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the 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 Sly Stallone Patrick Stewart vibe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the classic. That's right, that's right. Now, uh, the only other thing that I have, and there's one real interesting one in here um, for uh, um, Poison Ivy, yes, Julia yes. Roberts, sure, yeah, uh, you know, her, Sharon her, Stone, her, yeah, 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 Sharon Stone, Demi Moore. And then some sources suggest that Feruza Balk was up for the role, but she vehemently denies it. Now, did she audition and saw what a shit show this movie was? She's like, I 
never auditioned for that. What are you talking about? Or is this just crazy internet rumors? I, I, I mean, I, I'm and now again. I'm trying now to picture this movie with Feruza Balk as Poison Ivy, and it's so much. It's so much more unhinged because, like, it's it's a way hornier movie because, <laughs> like, the like Uma, yep. Uma Uma Thurman, like like we were saying, Uma Thurman kind of brings this kind of like way, May West smolder to it, where mm-hmm. you know she's she she's she's like, ooh, Batman, you're so big and buff, and like, but it's not like. I would not really describe her performance as like sexy per se. Like she's she is presented and everyone reacts like she is like sex on two legs. And yep. while while she is certainly attractive and while while she is you know smoldering her her eyes out in this one, uh, th- there's just something about like the unhinged, like like imagine just imagining Feruza like like craft, you know, water yeah. boy Feruza bulk. Uh, <laughs> playing Poison Ivy, just this feral. Like I would love to see that. I would actually really want to see that. I I think with with uh, Uma Thurman's, uh, I think with Uma Thurman's Poison Ivy, I think what she's doing is like she wants to kiss Batman or Robin and then like cuddle with them. So if it's Feruza Balk Poison Ivy. Some shit's gonna go down, and you need safe words. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 gonna like require some kind of aftercare, some kind of just like, sure, hey, we're sure. gonna need some 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 lotion, we're gonna need some Bengay, uh-huh. we're gonna need something. That's right, uh, I, an <laughs> but, ice pack, something somewhere. You know, Uma Thurman, who I will flat out say I love Uma Thurman, but she's a great she actor. Yeah, is yeah. in addition to, in in addition to her skill, also has the somewhat rare ability she can and in this case literally in the same movie go from sexy vamp to awkward gangly borderline homely wow but it's just her like she she can go to either side and i mean dr isley and poison ivy are those two extreme ends? It's yeah. it, it actually works well. Uh, well all right, I'll save we'll, that for the podcast. We'll, we'll get into my problem with Pamela Isley, not not Poison Ivy. <laughs> I think we all have the same problem. Uh, last thing I do want to talk about is not an almost cast, but this is this is uh, this really disturbed me when I read this. Uh, most scenes of, with Batgirl were cut because Alicia Silverstone had gained a few pounds during production. And the wardrobe team had to refit her costume. So probably in that time, she wasn't allowed to be Batgirl. Right. When the press discovered this news, they slammed Silverstone's weight gain and mocked the actress for being, quote, too fat to fit in her costume. Director Joel Schumacher publicly defended Silverstone during the interviews and press meetings, joking, what's a big girl? What's the what's this girl's big sin? She ate some pizza. Well, when the taunting continued, Schumacher lashed out at reporters that taunted her. He said in a magazine interview, it was horrible. I thought it was very cruel. She was a teenager who gained a few pounds, like all of us do at certain times. I would yeah. confront female journalists and say, with so many young people suffering from anorexia and bulimia, why are you crucifying this girl? Joel Schumacher is now my fucking hero. Yeah, that that, that that's an interesting that's thing. That's awesome. My my relationship to how I feel about Joel Schumacher has like changed drastically over the last couple of years as mm-hmm. I find out more about the man as a person. Because, yeah. you know, for for 
forever, I just associated him as being, oh, he's the bad bat guy. He's the bad Batman director. Like, that's <laughs> that's what he's known for. He's he does he he did the bad Batman movies, and so mm-hmm. like that was like that had colored it. But like learning, yeah, learning more about him and like how he was with people, I was like, oh, I really actually respect him a lot as 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 as, as a dude. Like I'm I'm I was like I was very wrong about my approach yeah. to him. Yeah, yeah, he was he was pretty much forced to do this movie the way we see it. He didn't want to have it be all toy centric, like to the point where John Glover said in an interview that it was really hard to work on this movie because every time before Joel Schumacher would yell action, you go, "Okay, remember, we're all cartoons. None of this matters. Action." I'm like, yep. "Oh, that's a great headspace to put." I mean, and I'm not saying anything disparaging against. Joel Schumacher, he was in a very frustrating position, but I can see how that would be uh, not fun to be a part of. Yeah, it's it's when 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 the pressure's on that much and your hands are tied so tightly, it's mm-hmm. yeah, it, you you can kind of understand why why you know their tensions might run or you know yeah. like this yeah. like like when it, when 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 it's a when it's a bad movie and you know that it could be a better movie if only the studio wasn't so focused yeah. on merchandising for it. Jesus. We, yeah. we have, we, that we have talked about that many times in the podcast, right? The, the, the challenge and in a second, we're going to talk about money because the movie doesn't get made without it. But that, that in my opinion, the fine line that has to walk between, you know, responsible business decisions that allow the studio to make money so they can continue to make movies and mm-hmm. allowing the creative people the space to tell good stories that are well executed. And yeah. I, I think clearly in this place, we, we all are going to come down in the same space that it, that balance is not struck. But with that, let's talk about the money because yeah. that's how they got a movie. Mm. So the, this movie, the, the budget for this movie. Now this is, this is X marketing, and certainly the marketing for a movie like this is going to be a significant significant expenditure. But uh, the Wikipedia page puts the budget around one hundred and sixty million dollars. What? And good lord! At the box office, it does two hundred thirty eight million, less than twice its budget. And again, when you factor I, in I, marketing costs, this movie's a flop. And oh yeah, <laughs> you know George Clooney has. Repeatedly, many, many times publicly apologize, saying, you know, I think we killed the franchise. And yeah, that's what he said when I mean, they all they, cut. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, like, and, like, and, like, it's also hard to argue with him because it would be almost another, you know, 10 years before another attempt at Batman was made. And so I think this is definitely cool the heels. Of course, you know, for my own personal vendetta reasons, the, the reason I will always be mad at this movie is that it it was one of the things that prevented the Superman Lives uh, Nick Cage as Superman movie from coming out, which, man, what a world to live in. (laughs) To the point where Clooney was supposed to have a uh, cameo Mm -hmm. in the Superman movie, because Superman's mentioned in this, they were setting that up. Mm -hmm. And there was supposed to be a Nightwing movie, too. Uh, Man, poor Chris O'Donnell. I want a Nightwing movie. But I don't want it to be Chris O'Donnell. Can't yeah. we just get Joseph Gordon Levitt? Haven't we? Uh, haven't we oh, agreed on yeah. that? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> oh no! Don't oh. like jo- don't like JGL? No, here's no. Here's the thing. It's not that I don't like JGL. I I, I love JGL as an actor. I, I I enjoy him as a person. 
But that, <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> no that that was one of the things that I had the, the one of my biggest bones to pick with Christopher Nolan is how vehemently he went through his trilogy denouncing being like Batman will never have a Robin in my movies. My focus on my movies is is to be a serious, it's a grown up thing, and and right. bringing in Robin is too kiddy. And then that like middle finger of a wink at the end of Dark Knight Rises where it's like, oh, his middle name is Robin. Get it? Um, it's Oof. like, it was it was so, I was like, like it, it honestly, like, I think uh, uh, one of the things that I, uh, makes me hate that movie more is that moment. If you, if you, <laughs> if you take that, if you take that, that out of it, it's not a, it's not a better movie, but it no. is one that I judge less harshly. That movie's rough. It on really so many is. levels. I, I'll take the, I'll take that bane over this bane. Well, yes, it's closer. It it, it is yeah. it is we're, we're 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 it's baby steps in the right direction. It's Approaching the self actualized bane. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right. Okay. So we've gone through the production. We've gone through money. We've talked about our booze. We're uh, you know we're liquored up here. I think. Uh, I what do think, you think it's time to uh, roll that film. Let's dive in. You said the movie had a $160 million budget. Why do we get the exact same fucking opening credits that we had in the last movie? <laughs> Just all in red this time. They're like, we can't even spend the money on uh, changing the colors well, of everybody. Just make everybody red. You know, they really wanted it to hammer home that this is really Robin's story, that Batman is, is right. tangential to it. This is this is about Robin coming into his own as a character. Is it? No. <laughs> No. <laughs> a significant portion of that budget went to the first actor credited in the title sequence. What did he make? Twenty million on this thing? I thought it was twenty-five. Oh, yeah, sure. twenty-five million. Let's say thirty. I believe it. Why not? Yeah. On top of on top of a million and a half dollars to Terry English, who's a very famous armorer to create oh, to make, the, yeah, yeah, sure. Mr. Freeze armor. Yeah, yeah. Schwarzenegger worked has a has a thing in his claws that he cannot work more than twelve hours a day. Sure. He had to have his personal masseuse and all these things. The cigars that he loves to smoke were painted white. So, you know, a character who has fucking ice for lungs can <laughs> yeah. put smoke in it. Yeah, that's going to work. Smoke a cigar. That right. Yeah, that, that, that tracks. Oh, no, no. That one's going to die. Doing, it's cold it's fire. Cold it's fire. Totally. He invented vaping, is what it is. <laughs> well, you see, uh, the White Walkers got to Mr. Free. Oh, sorry. No. Wrong, wrong franchise. Sorry. Sorry. White, white Walkers? I'm not familiar. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so, good Lord. Where do we even start? There's all the the. the I, I, let's the, say this right up. No, front. no, we're not doing. We're not doing deeper V. Don't worry. No, <laughs> yeah, this movie is an hour and twenty five minutes long. An hour and twenty five minutes long, and it, and it's insane because it feels so much longer because of how many storylines that get shoved into this movie. Yes. Oh, okay. So we this movie's like not even the credits. Everything up to Jesus, Freeze getting away. That whole first fifteen minutes or so is exactly the beginning of Batman Forever. Yeah, There's all it the names is. come through, 
Alfred makes a quippy line, which the line that he makes doesn't make sense. Do try and bring this one back in one piece, sir. Well, the Riddler blew up the one in the last movie. That one wasn't on Batman. Can't put that on Batman. And then Robin takes off on his bike, and we see a moment where Alfred uh, looks like he ate a bad burrito. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he had a bad a bit, a bit of a little tummy ache. Once yeah. again, it's clear that Alfred has not picked up that dehumidifier for the Batcave. There's going to be mold all over that place. Again, <laughs> what he's it's breathing. ridiculous. <laughs> we get a quick uh, appearance by Pat Hingle, who couldn't be bothered to actually be in this movie for very long. <laughs> nope. nope, just a quick little video call. This is from Danny. He describes everything that's going on. A new villain has commandeered the Gotham Museum. He's frozen the antiquities wing. He's turned the security guards into blocks of ice. He's calling himself Mr. Freeze. And the way George Clooney says Mr. Freeze totally feels like there was more that he had to say after that. That happened. And Tanny goes, it felt like there was more there. I was like, yeah, you're right. But probably yeah, there was like, there, there mm, was, character development, no, we don't need that. Yeah, we don't need to bog this down with exposition. We need to get to this art museum <laughs> that so that so that Batman can slide down. Or it, it's mm-hmm. a Batman or Mr. Freeze. It's Mr. Freeze who slides down. No, it is Batman. No, it's, it's Batman, Batman who slides down. Batman. Who slides down the brontosaurus like Fred Flintstone. I wanted the Flintstones theme to play. How, how about the Batmobile? This is the Batmobile that would be sitting on the bank of slot machines in Vegas. Like, win this car. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's got like the neon from within. It has like a disco ball in the engine. Yes. How about the personal fuck you to Dick Grayson? All the other oh, Batmobiles man. in this franchise are two-seaters. This one's a single-seater. <laughs> yeah, this one is just made for Bruce. This one, wow. no one else is allowed to drive it. I also love and appreciate that when Robin makes his entrance in the museum fight that he leaves his Robin logo shaped hole as he punches through <laughs> the wall. <laughs> it's oh Jesus Christ. This Batmobile, did anyone else get like the ambiguously gay duo vibe? Like right from the start, right? A hundred percent. Batman mm-hmm. is he's riding he's right on the shaft there, just in front of the balls. And one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Very phallic. If you didn't pick that up in the opening credits with the cod piece and the ass and the bat nipples. Yeah. Yeah, here you go. I also would, would like to point out that uh, our first uh, ice pun from Mr. Freeze. The ice man cometh. Comes at 4.20. 4 minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> hey! <laughs> that can't be an accident. That's right. Yeah. Justin, you said it earlier in, in spot on. And, and I think if there's any way to enjoy this movie, the well, the only way to enjoy this movie, if you're going to, you've got to view this like it's a continuation of the Adam West Batman. And this action sequence, so first fight is right here at the museum. Batman and Robin click their heels. Yep. The ice, <laughs> the bat skates come out. The mm-hmm. hockey. This is an Adam West action sequence, right? I mean, hands down. Oh, yeah. This is more so than Val Kilmer Batman. Yeah. George yep. Clooney Batman is playing it to about the same level that Adam West was in the quippiness that he has with Robin, and that it's like this deadpan, like, I'm going to set up a joke, you're going to finish it, and then I'm going to maybe tack on another punchline, and then we're going to keep going. Yep. yep. And, like, that's that's, like, all the dialogue in this movie. It is really interesting to watch how it gets broken down. Like, when, when it's Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson, it is night and day from when it is Batman and Robin. That's fair. And, like, all their stuff is just, like, quips or, you know, sniping at each other later in the movie. <laughs> all of Mr. Freeze dialogue typically ties back into the fact that he is a man made of ice <laughs> and, and really wants to remind everybody about that fact. Poison Ivy is just alternately, like, railing against... 
consumerism and capitalism in the way that we <laughs> over-industrialized the world and or how the reign of man has come to an end. Yeah. So here's a question I have. And right in the beginning here, Mr. Freeze, you know, full disclosure, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love his one-liners sure. that he becomes famous mm-hmm. for. <laughs> I would suggest 95% of the lines he delivers, he's delivering them like they've got that humor behind it. But they're just not funny lines. There's so many of them that are like, yeah, technically it's a pun, I guess. But situationally, it's not really there. It's the combination of blind confidence and knowing that literally nothing you would hand into the studio will get turned away. And being like, this is it. This is the movie. Can we make a toy out of that? Can we sell Mm. Batman on ice skates? Sure. Great. Keep the sequence. I was expecting them to have... Aerobatic uh, Batman and Robin. The amount of fucking wire work in oh, just this man. first scene. I'm like, we're in Bat to Soleil. Yeah, it's very flippy, and huh. not a whole lot of actual fighting is happening because, again, it is literally devolves into a game of hockey keep away with this <laughs> with this giant diamond, which is a repurposed prop from the last movie yep. when they're breaking <laughs> the diamonds. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's a good one. And Two-Face holds it up. I'm like, so we're taking a joke from the first one and making it a major plot point in this yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's where we're at. That's that's what we're going to call foreshadowing. <laughs> and, and like <sighs> many other movies that we've talked about, Casey, Casey summed it up really nicely in our Scott Pilgrim exor- exercise. The fight with Matthew Patel, the first evil ex, tells you exactly where the movie's going, but it's not all the way there. But it gives you that opportunity to kind of like, you know, pull the eject handle. And you know, and and bail out. I feel like this sequence, the ice skating, the sliding down the brontosaurus, all of those things are like, listen, we're telling you right up front, this is what this movie is. And if you're not okay with this, we'll see you in two hours. Yeah, it is an absolute blunt force trauma of <laughs> like. Do not think this is going to be anything more than this. This is the tone we're we're going for in this movie. This is the the bar we are setting, mm-hmm. and just strap in. This is a two hour long toy commercial, and it's perfectly it illustrated is. right here. Freeze's car comes in that then launches a rocket. Are is, are we suddenly back in Flash it, Gordon? It's what the, the Flash fuck Gordon rocket, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, this is two toys together. What's happening? Yeah. One thing to point out in the uh, in the rocket scene, did anyone notice that Batman was limping? Yep. No. George Clooney had broken his foot doing work on this movie, and they had to literally cut one of the bat suits so that he could have his walking cast. Uh, it was also written into ER. He, he did the same no thing kidding. on ER. <laughs> but it was just like, my God, the poor man. So, oof, just... Oh, sorry, good. No, I was just saying I hadn't suffered yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. So Robin does a Bucky and jumps onto the outside of Freeze's rocket. Mm-hmm. And again, it's 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 an updated Batman 66. So as Freeze blasts Batman with his freeze ray, which only creates ice shackles around him, but otherwise doesn't harm him. It was nice yeah. of Batman to put, keep his hands in that claw shape so Perfect. that they could form. That was really yeah, nice. Yeah, thankfully he posed for him beautifully. <laughs> he did. Uh, Robin is climbing the outside of the rocket. Freeze's plan is the rocket is just... Again, don't know what the larger plan was. The rocket's just going to keep going, and at 30,000 feet, it'll freeze, fall back to Gotham, killing Batman. Right? That's basically yeah. his plan. 
And, and kill a bunch of people along with it, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's that is more or less what it is, yeah. It's the, sure. it, if anyone has suffered through G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, it's those cobalt uh, rods <laughs> that they're throwing at the Earth. Oh, God. It's the same thing. It's, you know, it creates a terminal uh. velocity, comes back down, and no, no <laughs> nuclear waste to deal with. Freeze well. Freeze ejects. Again, not sure what the grand plan is here it also felt like did he have to be on the rocket couldn't he have just like trapped batman into the rocket and then like ducked out before it launched and like this could have been a video screen why did he have to be up there other than getting to see his sweet wings those wings are pretty badass he's an ice (laughs) parademon like i'm like holy cow where's the mother box bringing it all dc thank you yeah you're welcome yeah in honor of what comes out next week (laughs) is freeze related to elsa because he sprays them and he's opening all those doors to the cooling stations and there's just there's snow going everywhere i was like yeah at first you're like oh we're clearly chasing him down to his lair because there's all this snow but no it's just it just happens to be snowing I guess because he shot a little bit of his ice ray at, like, the area that they're in, and that's enough to disrupt the atmosphere or whatever, that it's, like, causing that to snow. We're getting dangerously close to trying to put logic to this movie, so. Oh, that's true. Uh, Let's be careful. How about anyone want to weigh in on the skyboarding as Batman and Robin no, eject I didn't sky want, surfing. I didn't bring it up. No. 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 <laughs> no. We're just going yeah, to no, go we past see it. Nothing. Okay. Right. One, okay. Okay. Real quick. One thing. There's no way those boards would stay on their feet. <laughs> no. Unless they were magnetized. And again, we know that he has what? magnets to stick to the side of the thing. But they, but they didn't clarify that they have like magnetized like boots to help stick with that. Like they would have 100% slipped away in the wind. Like the wind yeah. was. Even if they stay on their feet, what is the plan? It, because Robin gets close to that building and he looks down and he's like, oh. I was like, well, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? You jumped out of a rocket. <laughs> they both seem very surprised by everything that happens once they have decided to dive out of this rocket. Gravity. Oh. I do want to point out Todd learned a new phrase during Scott Pilgrim. I don't know if you know this, what a cowboy sh- switch is. Yeah, the, te- yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the Texas switch. Yeah. Oh, Texas switch is also another name for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to call it a digital cowboy switch because obviously when mm-hmm. Freeze is like, I don't know, free falling point break, there's a digital Batman <laughs> that comes down, it scoops behind him, and then George Clooney pops up. I was like, yeah. is that a digital oh. cowboy switch? I mean... Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Mr. Freeze gets away. Yeah. Um, sure. Because Robin gets too overexcited and thinks that he can stop him. And so he dives through a door and gets blasted in the face with Freeze's freeze ray. And then he tells Batman, You have 11 minutes to thaw the bird. Which is like a thing that keeps coming up in this movie. If someone is fully frozen by this frozen solid, right. by this freeze ray, they have 11 minutes or else they will die. And then we get to see a truly disturbing Chris O'Donnell puppet. Oh my God. <laughs> Like the dummy that is made in this ice that he gets thrown to a bathwater and and he heats up with this laser gun. <laughs> so many right, laser guns right. in this movie. But yeah, yeah, I agree uh, that Chris O'Donnell doll is one hundred percent nightmare fuel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Batman thaws him out. We get the quip to close the scene. Do we get it? They go fight in the cave. Blah blah blah. Uh, I, yeah. I want to talk about where we meet uh, Donald Glover. That's racist. Let's try that again. John Glover. 
Um, Glover, yes. That's right. Man, John Glover is just, I mean, you talked about it during the pre-roll. He's just fantastic. He's one of these character actors who is just very top tier in terms of he will commit to anything you give him and justify the circumstances. It can go over the top, but it doesn't feel like hammy. It, it feels, it's weirdly like... Like you believe he's a mad scientist. He's going full mad scientist. Sure. And it uh-huh. just fits. It works with what he is given, what he's saying, what he's doing. It's all connected. Sure. He's a he's a, he's a good actor, that John Glover. He's got a hundred and thirty two actor credits on IMDB. We're gonna see him again. He's in yeah, Shazam. Yeah, he plays he plays That's the right. villain's dad in Shazam. Yeah, Savannah, he sure does. Mr. Savannah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh w- so and not good. his only uh, entry into DC properties, right? He is famously yeah. Oh yeah, he's lying. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 God, he was good he on was that so show. Good. He's also for Batman the Animated Series. He's the voice of the Riddler. The Riddler. The Riddler. Yeah. He's I, all over the place. He is all he, over DC. <laughs> I've said on the podcast when I read a Batman comic, when when it's Batman speaking, it's Kevin Conroy. Right. When it's Joker speaking, it's Mark Hamill. Mark if it's Hamill. Riddler, it's one hundred percent John Glover. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And just like Ra's al Ghul is one hundred percent David Warner. Like David Warner. Is Ra's al Ghul. David Warner. Pretty much most of the voices from Batman yeah. the Animated Series. Is, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, they're iconic. Yeah. I think that also colored when this movie came out for me because the guy who does the voice of Mr. Freeze on Batman the Animated Series. Think of it, Batman. To never again walk on a summer's day with a hot wind in your face and a warm hand to hold. Oh, yes. I'd kill for that. God. Creepy yeah. as fuck. Real, real, real unsettling. David Warner is the voice of Ra's al Ghul in the anime oh, series. Oh, yes, he is. And it's, he mm-hmm. is he's yeah, Jack he is. the Ripper in Time After Time. Sure is. I love that uh-huh. movie. Oh. He's also uh, Chancellor Gorkin in uh, Star Trek The Undiscovered Country. You know, no big deal. <laughs> What's that? Naturally. One of the Star Wars movies? Which, which one? What? Is that one of the prequels? Oh, he's in Secret of the Use. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, there he is. You know, uh, while we're talking about goofy kids movies that good actors are in, um, uh, John Glover's in Gremlins 2, and he's fucking That's right. phenomenal. That's right. Yeah. He's so good. Man, man, is is there any, is there there is no franchise that cannot be improved by letting John Glover do something in it. Uh, you know, Justin, you can sometimes tell how much we hate a movie by how willing we are to go on odd tangents <laughs> <laughs> just did a deep dive in this character in this actor who appears for literally three minutes That's of this right. movie so we made it to central central south yeah, central south america. central america um yep. central america yeah so, so we're somewhere somewhere <laughs> within you know the the rainforest sure presumably yeah. in this obscure we learn cut off wayne tech research location to try and do something evil evil like that's i'm trying to like backpedal being like well it's obvious what like what dr pamela isley's trying to do she's trying to make these snake plant hybrids in order to make them i guess hardier to survive the relentless onslaught of modernization and man pushing into the jungle in order to give them a fighting chance and it's a lot less clear about what John Glover's Dr. Jason Woodrow was originally supposed to be doing. Because what he's doing now is both 
mad scientist and super illegal. <laughs> and super copyright infringement, right? My super soldier serum. We're going to call Venom. My favorite thing is like, so like they, they kind of get, again, it's interesting what they cherry picked of Bane's origins to throw in here and what they disregard past it. Because like, admittedly, much like he is in the comics, he gets picked as a prisoner to be a volunteer for this super soldier serum that they're testing out by essentially triple trepidation by drilling into his skull, yeah. into the the, the, the the lobes where the base impulses lie, and just hitting it with a combination of this plant snake venom that is juiced up with steroids and other, like, accelerants. Um, That'll be fine. As long as it yeah. sells toys. Yeah. And, again, the reasoning given by... John Glover in this movie that he they settled on this code name being Bane is because he is the Bane of humanity <laughs> because he is the ultimate killing machine and that's what he's he's trying to sell we literally when we meet Pamela Isley she is frantically going over like recording herself and doing this diatribe about like my experiment to make the dendronium orchid and the South American rattlesnake have failed again but I still have high hopes for the animal plant crossbreedings. If I can only find the correct dose of venom, these plants will be able to fight back like animals. I will have given Flora a chance against the thoughtless ravages of man. Personal note, my work would proceed faster if Dr. Woodrow weren't always whisking my venom samples back to his mysterious Gilgamesh wing. Why won't he let me into his lab? What is he doing? It's literally like a no girls allowed sign that is like hung on this door. <laughs> it's just like right. keep it's like keep out. This means you. He man woman haters laboratory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and yeah, and, and she sneaks in and discovers him holding court to what he re- refers to as the ununited nations. Which <laughs> who oh knows God. exactly what what the makeup is there, but presumably it is Countries that have dictators for leaders, I think, is like the 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 I guess the takeaway that we're supposed to get there. That he's trying to sell this this his own juice of of venom and his own like super soldier serum to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. You know, I envision him walking into this space and going, "Okay, okay, but I'm going to need a little something." Is there like a section in the Granger catalog for like evil industrial stuff where it's like, "I'm going to give me everything from these five pages and." Double the mm-hmm. amount on that sixth page. Yeah, I'm gonna need like you know like one of those Doctor Frankenstein sit up lab tables. Yeah, like, like a body on. Like we're gonna need one of those and like some good chains. Now, do you need the strappy version or the non-strappy version? No, no, the strappy version. You really want to show off for when when he hits the turbo button on Bane <laughs> to make him really because he hits him because see Bane isn't just strong because he's endlessly injected with his venom, but he also has a button on his chest, much like an action figure. Yeah, uh, that when you uh-huh. when you hit it. He turbocharges, which means nothing. Jesus. I guess it, like, like, like it could have been anything else, but the fact they called it a turbo button just makes me laugh. And he didn't get any bigger. No, when he, he just gets, I guess, angrier and stronger. Much like Batman Forever, and I think I think you both may have mentioned this at times. There's this. I think one of the one of the many problems with this movie is, and so full disclosure, my oldest son was born the year. Uh, before this comes out, so you know he watch, we watch it a million times on VHS. Mm-hmm. If your goal Oof. is to just sell toys to kids, there's a lot of stuff that's 
you know, maybe a little bit too dark or harsh or even political. Dr. Mm -hmm. Isley's rant about protecting the planet, Mm -hmm. it doesn't exactly fit there. But then you've got these ridiculous campy elements. I think that's the problem with this movie is, so our first episode, Batman the Movie 66, never deviates from that lane that it's in. It's high camp Mm -hmm. from start to finish, and it executes it well. But this movie feels like it wants to be both, and of course it's neither one well. Oh, for sure. It's There's there's a lot of interesting, and I would say could be remarkably highbrow concepts to introduce into a Batman movie that this kind of very quickly glances over in favor of making a joke about it. Like, making a pun. It's like, because I've seen people, like, describe this one as like, oh, yeah, it's the Batman movie where you're rooting for the billionaire industrialist against the uh, scientist who is trying to, like, bring his wife back to life who needs funding. That's the whole reason he's committing crimes is to make money so that he can save his wife's life. And the ecologist who is just fighting to try to save the rainforest. That's right. And and it's like, that's that's, that's the Batman movie we're getting. Yep, yep. Did anyone recognize pre-Venomized Bane? No. No, should we? Yeah, it's Jason from X2, X-Men United. Oh my god, it is! Oh, it's the yeah, it's, it's Stryker's kid in the wheelchair. It sure is. Yep. What? Oh, man. Come on. <laughs> oh, wow. <sighs> Justin, these are the moments I live for. <laughs> when Todd just... God, well, I can't believe oh, that. That's, that's fine, because I've got one for you later that uh, I'll oh, look boy. forward to I, us getting to. Okay. So we get Bane, and, and Poison Ivy gets... Sorry, Pamela Isley gets discovered <laughs> by Jason Wood, yeah. Jason Woodrue. So here's the problem with Pamela Isley. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the same problem with whatever the fuck Kristen Wiig's character's name was, or Jamie Foxx's character, or any of these nerdy... Turned villain characters. When we first meet them, their hair is disheveled, they've got glasses, they're wearing frumpy clothes, they're awkward and weird, and then something happens, and then they become sexy versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. I need this to stop in superhero movies right now. It's, it's literally the superhero equivalent of the girl taking off her glasses and all of a sudden she's beautiful. It, it's 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 that 80s 100%. teen movie trope, but it's in superheroes movies God. all the time. And it's always the villain. It's well, I should say, it's not always the villain, but there is you are introduced to a, a nebbish, nerdy, socially awkward character in a movie. It is five to one odds that sometime in the fifteen minutes, you first fifteen minutes of seeing them, they're going to have some sort of accident that gives them superpowers and makes them hot. It happens every time. Nerds have to become hot before they can become <laughs> heroes or villains. Yep. So rough. So yeah. So she gets killed. I I, I was Question, super confused. Uh, well, because it's just like. Woodruff, I guess, freaks out in a way because he was caught, and so because he has to leave no witnesses, uh, decides he has to kill Pamela Isley so that there's no witnesses. And how does he kill Pamela Isley? By pushing her into a table and then dumping a bunch of random chemicals on her that melt through the floor. Not so random. Did you see that there was a container of venom in her Uh, uh, laboratory? I'm like, wait a minute, hang on. But he's hoarding it. Like the logic has fallen apart in this illogical movie. (laughs) No, see, she, she was, she clearly, she got suspicious of him, so she started keeping a secret stash just on the rack of other chemicals. It's a recycle of the plot point from Batman Forever. He max shreks her, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. 
It'll be fine. I'll and, push you out a window and, and push once, you into the chemicals. Yeah, you'll be yeah. fine. And much like Max Shrek, as soon as he sees the Ivy-vised version of Pamela, he uh, he is DTF hardcore. Yeah, like, he is instantly <laughs> like even before he blows the she blows the the stuff at him. He, he's just like, yeah, okay, pants down, let's do this thing. Yeah, and then and then I, I just I just love pants down. <laughs> let's do this thing. I just love to uh, Ivy's like whole like monologue when she comes back. The animal plant toxins had a rather unique effect on me. They replaced my blood with aloe, my skin with chlorophyll. We get it. You're a plant person. Like we, yeah. we get it. Like yeah. you, 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 it was kind of evident when you came back and like were like wrapped in vines and like that your whole deal before this was about plants. I don't feel like you're gonna make you so evidently like connected with plants and then have something completely different for you as a supervillain. They weren't leaning heavily into subtlety in yeah. this movie. <laughs> No, but also the science part of me wants to go, well, if those things have been replaced in your body, then you should be green, like poison ivy ivy. always, always is. Right. Once (sighs) again, Casey, I feel like you're trying to apply logic. And filled my lips. With venom. She ensnares Jason Woodrue, and that's the last we ever see of him. Yeah, and then that's she, too bad. She grabs a random beaker, sees that it's Wayne Tech, and it's like, I need to go to Gotham. And, like, that's her, that's how we get her to Gotham, is just that she happened to see the logo. Uh, and then she does what any good ecologist would do, which is burn down her lab before she leaves. Sure, yeah. In the middle of this rainforest, just <laughs> set right. a huge lab, a chemical lab on fire, and then leave. You know, at the end of that scene, if you got the Batman 66, it would have perfectly nice fit there, right? right? Especially since we go to the Batcave. <laughs> right. to, to your point, Justin, about uh, the fire, that was a major plot point that Batman would use against Pamela on right. um, Is, Batman the Enemy yeah. series. He would set fire was, to her plants and yeah, it was that, like that was debilitating. Like his, yeah, yeah, she's like, nope. And she's just like, she's like not yet. I gotta go yell at Batman about uh, the fact that he didn't sign this uh, this accord. In this super high-tech unveiling of a observatory with the most powerful telescope that can see around the world. Uh that is, of course, where else would you put an observatory in Gotham but atop one of the many giant statues of a dude that are just littering the city? You know, Justin, I did a little bit of a surgical deep dive into some of your content. I see that you are, like myself, mm. a and d player. All I can oh, think boy. of... With these ridiculous statues in Gotham, these are the statues of Waterdeep. Oh, 100%. Right? It Forgotten is 100% Realms. a Waterdeep I'm like, thing. Show me the, uh, what is it, the Sehuigan? Mm-hmm. Show me the, the drunken <laughs> brawler. Like, yeah. Like, I want to know the stories of those statues because they're not, it's not like this, it, it's not all like Thomas yeah, Wayne. There's it, 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 different versions. It's not all Thomas Wayne, and it, it the, the layout of the city is such. That it feels like the statues came first, and they just built a city around them yeah. because of like where I, they're located. Yeah. Where is the DOT? Because <laughs> in, in a minute, so I know I'm jumping ahead a second, but we're gonna have a car chase on an God, elevated highway. Jump ahead! <laughs> that is absolutely unsafe. I don't know what the DOT was doing there, but that is so dangerous. Who allowed? Who okayed that? They, they need higher barriers on the highway because again, like yes. they, you didn't need to have like you know freezes like pincer tank truck to like punch through everything you just you just you just hit that corner too fast and you go flying into the neck of this statue a thousand feet yeah a hundred percent yeah um 
So it wouldn't be a Batman movie if we didn't get uh, a young Bruce flashback. Oh, God. We get that here, and um, uh, I'm going to skip all the way ahead yeah. to Barbara uh, introduction because there's really nothing yeah, of there's, note there's to talk the, about. There, there, there's the auction that yeah, we haven't yeah, there, covered. There, there, there's yeah. the auction. There's the dance. There's there's the giant. There's the the ape costumes. Is no one going to acknowledge the Bacta tank? That Nora Freeze she is, is oh yeah, she's hundred percent of that back to back. Yeah. See inside his lair. Oh okay. no, sorry. I, I also, I also uh, would like to point something out. The thing that I love mm-hmm. when we first get to Freeze's lair, uh, he is forcing a sing along of the Snow Miser yes. song yes. with all of his thugs yes. that they do not want to be a part of. I'm Mister White Christmas. It's my favorite thing because it's just like I love it for the sheer fact that it's like if you think about it, you know a, a lot of these supervillains they have a gimmick. And you have to wonder, like, when they get home and they take mm-hmm. off their, you know, power armor. But, like, he is, like, 100% like, no, we are all about ice puns. This is my thing. I worked hard for this. <laughs> We're not dropping this character. This is a thing. We all need to be a part of it all the time. I'm going to give each of you dumb Christmassy nicknames. I'm going to have Vivica A. Fox here in a wasted role. Talk about your cold shoulder. As misbehave. For one scene, she does not show up again. Those minions who are singing along, not happily. (laughs) You know, do you think that when they graduated from Mm -hmm. evil henchman school, and they mm-hmm. put in, like, their wish list of assignments. No way is Mr. Freeze, like, their first or second, third pick, right? I think the problem is is that there's a, probably, I imagine, a high turnover rate of henchmen in Gotham. Because, like, if you look at it, like, the Joker shows up and everyone's down to clown with the Joker because he seems like he's a good time. And there's, like, nothing else really going on. And then he gets defeated. So it's like, okay, who do we got? Well, I guess we can... If he doesn't kill if you, he doesn't though. kill you, yeah, so he, I, see, yeah, he I don't think it's... I don't think Joker's no, at the top not, of the list either, not. right? Uh, but then, like, some of those are like, well, I guess I can go work with Penguin because he's got this whole carnival thing going on, and I already have the sure. the clown, the grease paint from doing Joker stuff, so I guess I can transfer over to that. And then he gets Riddler, he gets taken off. right? Like, it's like, it's yeah, like sure. Riddler's like uh, like like a a absolute like overnight like tech bro, just like showing up, and it's just like, all right, I guess we work for him now. And it's like it's like it's like Scarecrow. <laughs> I feel like that's those are the like the re- the like the the goth. Or emo guys? No, 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 no. That's way too much. That fear gas. Oh, you do not want to work for a scarecrow. You piss him off, you're getting fear toxined. I mean, honestly, I think in terms of Batman's like <clears throat> rogues gallery of who it's best to hench for, I do think your best bets are either Bane or Rachel Ghoul. I think it's 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 one of the two because <laughs> Rachel Ghoul, you get to be a ninja and possibly immortal. It's 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 kind of you know. <laughs> There is that immortal card, yeah. There is that immortal card there, yeah. They're gambling on that really good retirement Mm -hmm. package. Is that what Mm -hmm. what you're saying? Okay, all right, I got you. Three things I do want to point out while we're in this section here. Uh, One of the auctioneers was Senator Patrick Leahy. When the auction started, my wife, who had (laughs) kind of stopped paying attention at this point... Pokes her head up from her phone and goes, are they auctioning off women right now? I'm like, uh, it's for charity, yeah. so it's okay? It's for charity, yeah. It's okay. No, it's okay. Oh, God. He's really rich. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's okay. It's an elaborate ploy to draw Mr. Freeze out. So Bruce Wayne set up an auction yeah. for women <laughs> that the elite will go, uh, including, once again, my favorite tertiary character from the Burton Schumacher Batman movies of Gossip Gertie. Uh, oh, God. Um, Mrs. Bob Kane herself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. I love how she has like this big a part in the first one and she's like a supporting character in this one. Yeah, by this point she is she is one of the larger background character tracks. I think it just shows how little uh Joel Schumacher gave a shit about this movie. He's like, yeah. Oh, 100%. Sure. Yeah, you can be in every scene. You want to be Batgirl? Go ahead. <laughs> Whatever. Now, speaking of Batgirl, yeah. Um because well before before we do leave the auction, we do get a, the first real introduction of Ivy's superpower, which is shooting dust out of her hands that makes men fall in love with her and want a bone, um, including Batman and Robin. No, oh my. Uh, and her sights then get set on Mister Freeze mm-hmm. because he's immune to her charm, and it's the classic because she wants he wants nothing to do with her and can't be controlled. She wants him real bad. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's that's very true. She calls him a god before reaching over and grabbing a conveniently placed snow globe. <laughs> it's like, it, I don't even know if it was in the shot on the stage before that moment. Right, you just see like a grip's hand just come up and yeah. hand it to her. <laughs> in universe, I like to imagine that wherever he goes, Mr. Freeze just leaves a Gotham snow globe as like a calling card just to be like, remember... I'm the ice guy. It's me. And so my assumption is he heard that Joker leaves these playing cards behind. And one mm-hmm. time he's like, I'm going to leave a globe. And then then he's like, oh, son of a bitch. I did this stupid thing where I left this globe. Meanwhile, he's having them ordered like by the gross. And, you know, uh-huh. oh, yeah. he's, gonna get he's, got, he's got a henchman that carries like a bandolier of them. He's like, come on, give me the snow globe. Come mm-hmm. on, we got to drop this. It becomes one of those really onerous kind of calling cards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How else are they going to know it's him besides the fact that everything else is frozen in the immediate vicinity? That's, who could have possibly done this? <laughs> it's snow globe, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, damn, Captain Cold got over to Gotham. Ooh, it's like, no, oh, it's my Cold. thing. It's my thing, Captain Cold. There are far too many ice-based villains in the DC yeah. universe. It's yeah, there's a ridiculous. lot. I would have swapped out... Killer Frost? Yeah. No, I would have swapped out Dr. Evil. Fair. I would have swapped out Dr. Evil. He would have fit in just fine in this movie. You're not wrong. He is kind of swinging for the big leagues on that one. You know, it's Penny in the back to tank. Great. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that works yeah. for me. All right. Please be looking for me. Actually, I'm looking for Alfred Pennyworth. Let's talk about Barbara Pennyworth. Oh. Uh, yeah. 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 How about the meat cute oh, with her and Yeah. That, it's that, not even, it's, it's, it's like, hey, this guy likes this girl that just beats you over the head with it. It's, it's really bad. It's not even quite that. It very much rings like, okay, so in this mansion, the three people living in it <laughs> are this elderly butler father figure. Mm-hmm. Batman, who is sexually repressed as all hell, uh, and a relatively like horned up teenage in quotes sidekick um, yeah, in quotes, yeah. And so, like, literally, he opens the door and she's there trying to, I guess, fix a light or the doorbell. Um, I'm not sure. And because he's like eye to midriff with her, instantly he's like, "You are the first woman I have seen in." months that is not whoever Bruce is trying to date to distract from the fact that he's Batman. That's right. It's like, can we please get down? Can we like, can we make this a thing? (laughs) Oh yeah. He is DTF hardcore. Mm -hmm. Just to show how little everyone cared about this movie, the three to four seconds of silence at the end of this scene. We do get so busy here. Don't be silly, Alfred. After all, she's family. (laughs) 
Transition, and, yeah. Like, like, I feel like they cut <laughs> off George being like, uh, Joel, are you going to call cut? Because we're done with our lines. There isn't anything else to say here. Oh, Joel left for That's the right. day? Oh, oh, all right. Okay. Well, well I guess we leave too. <laughs> yeah. So now we have Alfred's niece has come to stay with him. It, the shoehorn of him looking for his brother? Like, But, but what is but, the point of it making it Alfred's niece? Honestly, the only justification I can think of is it, it all comes back to Hanky. Because Hanky played such a small part, because Commissioner Gordon is almost non-existent in any of yeah. these Batman movies, especially the Schumacher ones. His justification is like, well, we can't just have her be Commissioner Gordon's niece because Pat Hinkie doesn't want to be here. And we would need to pay Hingle way more to be here and have to write him <laughs> in right. more, and he did not want to do it. So they're like, all right, fuck it. It's Alfred's niece now. What do we got? Goff, hey Goff, you've got a you've got a niece. Yeah, yeah. no, no does she? No, she doesn't have an English accent. No, 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 no. no we just, know that we know yeah. that you are almost like seventy right now, and that she yep. is you know seventeen, uh, and you know the logistics of that don't work. Um, but we're <laughs> well, right. no one's going to be questioning in this movie. We can sell a toy of her. That's all we care about. There it is. Well, we need to get back. We need to get a third. <clears throat> You know, like, like there's three villains, so there need to be three heroes. You know, it's 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 That's the one to one ratio. Yeah, exactly. That should, I mean, that always makes sure that you know there has never in the history of a superhero movie been a time where there has been, you know, more than two villains at a time and it's gone poorly. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah, nothing to worry about there. Yeah. So we're at the observatory, and it's Gossip Gertie's there, and she's trying to egg Bruce on for marriage. Elle McPherson is in this movie for some reason. Again. Fun little fact. Uh, Elle McPherson and Uma Thurman have birthed children from the same man. Huh. Yeah. What? Well, that's a that's thing. That's a real weird thing. That was in the uh, trivia section that I was looking at today. I was like, I can't <laughs> not mention that. <laughs> that they're both in yeah, the... Oh, a... and this what? also completes the paycheck trifecta. We've now had Ben Affleck. As Batman, Aaron Eckert, and Uma Thurman. They're all in that terrible movie, Paycheck. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, that's we, 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 we did it, question mark? My God. Yeah, I guess. High five. Um, so, yeah, so Gertie is trying to egg Bruce into proposing, and he's like, I don't. And, like, he does this weird stammery bit where, like, again, I don't, I, I think it's, there's nothing more uncomfortable than trying to watch George Clooney act like he is socially inept in any yep. way, because like he doesn't he doesn't know how to do it. His stammering is so like uh um I mean uh gosh marriage um he has this like like baseline smolder that's always happening always on yeah it's yeah hundred percent of course yep. Elle McPherson I didn't even bother learning what her character name was uh gives some no. bullshit answer and while the reporters are all right there. Bruce kind of gives her some shit. I'm like, Bruce, wait, wait a second. Wait till they're less than earshot. Yeah, just, just, just wait. Speaking of being out of earshot, uh, that's when Dr. Pamela Isley makes her oh, grand entrance. Um, the problem is, is that Poison Ivy, too damn hot, too damn sexy, known, known that, that she will be able to turn heads. So what does she do? She puts on a bad wig. Oh, yeah. Uh, and some neutral makeup. Mm-hmm. And approaches as Pamela Isley to convince Bruce Wayne to reinstate the funding of the lab she burned down uh, so that they can finish this project that could help cut down waste and, like, 
carbon emissions. After setting a giant fire in the rainforest. That's right. Yeah. No diesel fuel. Sorry, yeah. lady. And the entire time, like, George Clooney's giving a read, like, I know you're poison ivy. And I don't even know if, depending on, on where, where this comes in, I think this might even come in before the auction. I'm trying to honestly remember. It's all jumbled together. No, the auction's happening. I don't, I, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So he's he's met Poison Ivy and like, but like he's reading it the whole time. Like I know you're Poison Ivy, because uh-huh. um, like he keeps being like <laughs> that lab burned to the ground last week. I'm glad you managed to escape. Wink. And you know he's and he's like, hey, you should show up to this gala I'm doing because Batman's going to be there. If you want to talk to Batman and like, and, and Gossip Gritty gives this great read where she where where. The the cracks start to form in Pamela Isley for Poison Ivy to start coming out. Uh-huh. And she starts going into her tangent. The day of reckoning is coming. That's right. The same plants and flowers that saw you crawl from the primordial soup will reclaim this planet. <laughs> and there will be no one to protect you. And Gossip Gertie's like, You must be new in town. In Gotham City, Batman and Robin protect us. So spurn... <laughs> She she is led <laughs> off and presumably still fully within earshot of anyone in the room because she's not like whispering this. She goes off on this supervillain rant. Batman and Robin, militant arm of the warm-blooded oppressors, animal protectors of the status quo. First, I'll rid myself of the fur and feathered pest. And then Gotham will be mine for the greening. And it's like, is there nobody around her? I would love the camera to pull back and just see a crowd of people, like, stunned, staring at her. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this woman? And and she finishes, like, maniacal laughs and uh, Batman just... (laughs) So we all heard that. You're totally under arrest. We should probably keep an eye on you. So after yeah. everything, eventually Batman is able to catch Mr. Freeze and get him thrown in Arkham. Did you think that when he caught him, that shot of him lifting the cape up and Freeze laying there eyes open for a split second where you're like, holy shit, did Batman kill Mr. Freeze? Yeah. Kill Mr. Freeze. Yeah. My, my, my favorite thing about it is that kind of going yeah. back to like the wire work in the first museum fight, is it's very evident that, and for whatever reason, George Clooney's contract was like, I'm not going to fight as Batman. Like, I'm not, I'm not a fighter Batman. I'm a, I'm a detective mm-hmm. Batman. Uh, and this rubber suit doesn't move as well as you think it might. Uh, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to crash through his windshield, and then we're just going to transition, and I've already beat him. And, he's, and that's it. I win. This is the Seinfeld, you yada yada yeah. through the good part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, wait a minute. If you could defeat him off screen, why did we have that whole opening sequence? It's that ridiculous. Yeah. But one thing we kind of glossed over, we're usually careful to try to will acknowledge parts of a movie that don't play well nowadays, mm-hmm. even if it maybe Ruh-oh. was acceptable then. Uh-huh. Would we like to talk about the native jungle dancing that happens at the Gotham yeah. uh, plant park here? Uh, I think that's enough. No. That's all okay. we need all right. to Just say. It's, yeah. right. okay. it's, it's, it's one of those things that is like, I, I'm feeling pretty certain that it was cringy then, and like it's only increased now that like when it happens... It's such this weird blow where it's like, 
Well, the last thing I kind of expected in this movie of all the things that could be happening is this weirdly racist dance number to happen. It's like three steps away from the African anteater ritual in Can't Buy Me Love. Oh, God. It's that level of cringy for me. We all caught the song that played while Poison Mm -hmm. Ivy was stripping Mm -hmm. off I did not, but my wife, the musical theater geek, did. Mm -hmm. And I was like, like, oh, I get it. And I remember looking up the the composer and being like, oh, he's done some things. it's like it's it's it's, it's uh, who is it? I should have yeah. written it down. I, did, I didn't write it down, but he it the thing that the thing that, is it Jerry Goldsmith? Possibly, because he's a big Star Trek guy. Wait, do you mean well? The, wait, the song Poison Ivy, right? Because isn't that an old isn't that an old song? It's an old song. He's talking about the the rest of the oh, music. Oh, got it, got it, got it. No, uh, apparently well, it's, it's, it's not it's, Danny Elfman. No, we know no, that. it's it's <laughs> Elliot Goldenthal is the guy who did oh, the music for this. Good for him. Yeah, for, he, he did. Okay. He did. He he sure did work. Um, <laughs> but he also, uh, in case you're interested, he also did these scores. He's the composer for uh, such other movies as Demolition Man, <laughs> Interview with the Vampire, oh boy, and Final Fantasy: The Spirit Within. <laughs> Oh, oh God! No. Yeah, that movie. No. Oh my God! So oh, no. yeah, he's. I just found it really funny how weirdly like synth horn heavy that whole Poison Ivy's underscoring was. It feels yes. like it was just weird to me. I was like, it felt it felt weirdly cheapy in this movie. Like uh, that it was like, okay, we're gonna do synth like horns instead of like actual horns. jungle synth. Yeah, yeah. like what would you call that? <laughs> I don't know. Hey guys, it's Casey, and I am here to talk to you about Never Heard of It Podcast. Every week, the Never Heard of It Podcast brings you the good, the bad, and the forgotten in film. Host Michael Fight and Caleb Coy dig through streaming sites to find all those movies you may have missed. Sometimes they're great, sometimes not so much. But they'll be there to hilariously guide you for your next movie night. Join them every Sunday, wherever you get your podcasts, or watch on the Night Shift Radio YouTube channel. Uh, This is a kid's movie, yes? Objectively. Sure. Uh, Then why does Pamela Isley, Poison Ivy, whatever you want to call her, talk about her vagina? Forget the geriatric bat. Come join me. My garden needs tending. What the <laughs> holy hell? It's nothing. Like she says, I got some wild oats to sow. Like she is, she is no, nothing but single entendre through a lot of this stuff. But also, there's there's a weird part. It was I think it's right before Batman and Robin encounter the Bacta tank with Freeze's wife in it. <laughs> that they they have a weird. It's the weirdest back and forth. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck is your relationship? <laughs> Because they're like they're like walking through Freeze's lair after uh, I think I think it's after he's broken out of Arkham. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're going through his lair and they find his wife and like a they find her like that like it's not Batman literally like walks into the walk-in freezer flips over the frozen food hits the button and there she is she's like he's like yeah obviously I I look I I invented hidden buttons that that have <laughs> a hidden right. wall like that is my thing, um, but like he and Robin are like commiserating uh, like robin apologizes for how he acted the night before with pam with, around poison ivy and he's like good stems though 
buds too. Yeah, those are nice. All right, well, here's a dead woman. Yeah, <laughs> well, this woman's super dead. Should we talk about her bits and pieces too? It's just, it's just like a weird bit of like cop talk between Batman oh. and Robin while Bane, Poison Ivy. Oh, and another important thing during the Arkham breakout, um, besides establishing <laughs> that Mister Freeze cannot exist in room temperature, he has to be constantly <laughs> in some sort of cold environment. So he's like the Moderna vaccine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but also apparently, and a thing that I would have assumed would have been foreshadowing and then never comes up again, is the fact that Bane can't punch through reinforced steel. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, like, that's the right. limit. The limit to his strength is that he tries to punch through the wall of his jail cell after they manage to bring freeze his suit. Uh, yep. and, and Poison Ivy's like, reinforced steel, not good. Um, and so... <laughs> That was perfect intonation, by the way. Thank you. Which leads to Mr. Freeze making a winterized pipes joke. Always winterize your pipes. While he freezes the pipes in order to blow out the wall so that they can escape. So Bane can't punch through it, but ice will burst the... It's it's science. You know, it's it's using your head instead of your your, your muscle. Welcome home, Frostface. Can we talk about who one of the uh, guards guarding Mr. Freeze are? Yeah. Of course. Jesse the fucking body, body Ventura. Ventura. Yeah. That, you know, it's, Ain't got time to yeah. bleed. God it's just Arnold, it. Arnold reaching out to his friend, being like, hey, man, do you want like a one-liner in this one? And it's like, yeah, why not? And, no, apparently Jesse just hung out on set with him. Yeah, that makes sense. Come on, seriously? Yeah, him and uh, John Bon Jovi just stop by set all the time. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Now, the other guy looks like, and, and I had to go deep to make sure, because Arnold has a a bunch of buddies that he will use. Mm-hmm. The guard that leaves Richard Dawson to his fate in The Running mm-hmm. Man. The two antagonists, the two lieutenants of Thulsa Doom in Conan the Barbarian mm-hmm. are, you know, Arnold's buddies. The other guard I thought was one of those guys. He's not. I can't see a connection between him and Arnold. He is the Germanic other gladiator from Gladiator. Sure. Uh, He's totally a that guy if you see him without the mm-hmm. stuff. But we we glossed over another hidden cameo. So Poison Ivy needs a lair in Gotham. So she goes to the abandoned Turkish uh-huh. baths, which is currently being inhabited by this neon yeah, skull cannibal yeah, sure. yeah, tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the neon <clears throat> gang from the last movie with yeah. just a new leader. Yeah. Oh, sure, you sure, know, sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, the new leader. Did you recognize the human garbage pile that was the leader who has lines? I mean, there's oh. a lot of makeup. Uh. Doug Hutchinson. What the fuck is it really? It's one of like his first three or four movies. The, he's got to be dubbed. Shit. He's got to be dubbed. Oh no no no! That's Go back him. and listen to it. Yeah. It's, if I felt like I needed to wash my hands earlier with the greasy popcorn or whatever cod piece mess, it's like listening to him. I'm like, oh, you're so creepy. Oh, so it's horrible. He always yes. plays a creep and is a creep. Hello, my little pretty, pretty, pretty. Plays. Question yeah, mark. That's a, okay. yeah. yeah. Can we go back to when, just real quick, because I wrote yeah, it down. Sure. It's so funny. When uh, Barbara's sneaking out to go do these motorcycle races, uh-huh. Dick catches her the second time. And when he when she flips him over, obviously it's neither one of those actors. Right. So right. Alicia Silverstone had to ADR in her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, the high yeah. It's, 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 it's rough. so bad. It's like it's like, like a that. Miss Piggy, it's like a Miss Piggy karate chop sound. It is just oh, hi-ya. That's, the per- that's exactly what it is. That's you exactly know they spent 
hours on that, and that was the best take. Oh, uh-huh. And they just, it's like uh, in the room movie where he can't <laughs> say the, uh, it's bullshit, it did not hit yeah. her. And then he finally gets it, and they're just like, okay. All she, right, we did it. <laughs> Like where something like did she go? Aha! No, no, Alicia, it's hi ya. Yeehaw! What? Yeah, no. Hey banker, how much coin to play? Two and a half. Yeah, Coolio's in this movie. Yes. Um, for all again, for all of two minutes. Um, I also love uh, again a thing that I want to explore more of Joel Schumacher's Gotham because like <laughs> this like warriors light like this like dollar store yes. the. Hey mom, can we watch the Warriors? We have the Warriors at home. The Warriors at home, and it's just like the gangs uh-huh. that are here. Like there's like a bunch of like fancy, like 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 you know, like fancy like English like powdered wig gang. And then there's we also have the Clockwork Orange. Yeah, gang there's for literally no apparent literally reason. a Clockwork <laughs> Orange gang, and then just like a bunch of random punks, and then the the gang of the main antagonist motorcycle driver who. Just has a kid in it for no reason, like an actual child. Like that is, that is a child that is with that gang, and it's like <laughs> yep. okay, it's like all right, sure, why not? Uh, the leader of that antagonist gang, Spike. Did we recognize him? Well, I know that there's an uncredited biker gang member. I'm not sure if it's who you're talking about. Go ahead, Nikki Cat. Who is that? Nikki Nikki Cat in uh he's in another Batman movie in The Dark Knight when they're transferring uh Dent. He's the guy that's riding with masked up Gordon. Who's oh. like, oh, oh the that's one, not the good. Ah, oh, and he's also in uh, A Time to Kill. I think huh. that's how he got this. Got it, got it. IMDB lists an uncredited member of the motorcycle gang, Corey Haim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that again. That, sure. That that tracks. That's not. I mean, why not? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so yeah. So this is this is kind of like uh, you know Dick and Barbara's first date on this like underground motorcycle circuit where they both almost die. As you do, you know. And you know, and, and they they learn a little bit more about each other, I guess. Um, and then we move into the end of the second act, beginning of the third act. <laughs> Oh, God. Is that all uh, because, we're at right now? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so during the post breakout, when Mister Freeze has to get the diamonds back so that he can keep living in his suit, and they can get the giant diamond <laughs> to get his like huge Gotham wide ice ray back, um, sure. and has a moment where he literally dominoes a, a line of cops that are going up this curly stair. <laughs> Um, and my another one of my favorite, uh, I don't know if it's an ADR or not, but um, where the GCPD are like scoping the place out and he just like throws the lever to get the gas or whatever it is the, to come out that starts like collapsing them. It's like it is very not evident what is happening, but there is one cop as he's going to his knees who goes, oh, uh, my lungs, my lungs are freezing. <laughs> And then, like, collapses, and it's like, okay, good. So that's what the gas is. Yeah, I had that line down, too. That's a great line. (laughs) I had in my notes, the police are being poisoned, and I had to go back and delete, like, oh, wait, no. I guess they're being frozen, Yeah, but they're acting like they're being frozen. And once you you turn it off, it's fine. You 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 start getting the blood back in the lungs. Yeah, they literally just like, okay. But but in in the midst of this, we see, again, the, the jealousy streak that Poison Ivy has in her. When mm-hmm. she uh, unplugs Mrs. Freeze in her back to tank, 
uh, wow. and explains how I've never been good with competition. Who needs a frigid wife anyway? And then, as proof, steals her necklace, which again, so so okay, so again, let's follow, let's play follow the logic on this one. So <laughs> <laughs> always a fun game. She does this to both engender herself to Mr. Freeze, make sure that Mr. Freeze doesn't have the wife to fight for anymore so he can move on, uh, and so that he can, she can turn Mr. Freeze like, easily against Batman and Robin by telling him, oh, Batman unplugged it, and, like, walks in in this, like, in her fur coat with her glasses on, um, it, it, you know, it very much Joan Cusack and Adam Stanley values. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, Where's my wife? There was nothing I could do. Batman deactivated her. She's dead. Mr. Freeze, like, freaks out. You lie! And then, as proof of that, she gives him the necklace, <laughs> which only all that says is, hey, I was in the room where your wife's body was, when and I happened? got this off right. of. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But this is evidently proof that Batman tampered with it, and is that fault here? And then there's a CGI tear for no reason. Yeah, that freezes, because, you know, he's he's made of ice, so he can't, the man can't even cry. Good lord. And then they decide to team up with the great line from Mr. Schwarzenegger. Adam and evil. Oh my now, god. Uh, how about the nod to Audrey 2 that Poison Ivy shows? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, this is totally, I feel like I've seen this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so, alright, so so hold up because I want to get one of my favorite line reads out and then I want to talk sure, about another please, thing that is, is is the biggest head scratcher for me in this entire movie. Um when Mr. Freeze is gearing up to enact his giant plan to freeze all of Gotham and mm-hmm. hold it and again hold it ransom. Well, I guess no longer hold it ransom but just kill everybody because there's nothing worth living for anymore. Um sure. so he has a line read and I don't remember the preceding line to it. But he just goes <laughs> revenge, and like that's and like that's the thing, and it's this line is oh just like God. it's Kevin Sorbo disappointed kind of line read of just like <laughs> so okay so now you laugh maniacally and about how you're gonna get your revenge got it ha 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 revenge it's like nailed it uh, so before nice. before we we fight Audrey two we get to yes. the most Lord. mental gymnastics of logic. <laughs> Of so we find out that poor sweet Alfred has McGregor syndrome, the same disease that was killing Freeze's wife. Uh, but right. he only has stage one, so he's still within the realm of, I guess, being cured if a cure can be found. They're gonna stick a glow stick in, yeah, him. yeah. And, and, yeah. and he is trying to, I guess, get word to his brother Harold because if he dies, Harold has to take over as the new Alfred in Wayne Manor. That's Right. You know, with and, all the secrets, with all the secrets, with all right. the blueprints, with all because presumably, I guess uh, Harold has the same kind of like SAS training, where like he also knows <laughs> how to like, like you know remove a bullet and build a bat jet. Um, mm-hmm. Wasn't Harold the name of the hunchback that fixed the cars? The mute hunchback, possibly. I. I I'm wondering yeah. if that's like a little nod that to that. That would be interesting if that is. Um, Todd, there used to be a mute hunchback that lived in the Batcave yeah. that fixed yeah, all fixed the, the cars. stuff. You're, you're kidding. No, that's a real <laughs> thing. Tell me you're kidding. No, no that's a very Harold. real thing. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Harold. What? Um, oh, God. So okay. Barbara Pennyworth, Batgirl. <laughs> Jesus. Is also expert computer hacker. Well, is she or is she really good at guessing? <laughs> guessing. Uh, <laughs> she, yeah, yeah, guessing passwords. Um, so she manages to, after trying things like uh, Wayne 
Alfred and England as passwords to get into Alfred's uh, secret disc that he has burned. She notices that he has a framed picture of her mother uh, on his desk mm-hmm. from when she was much younger. Um, and so she tries her name, Margaret, and it's like, nope, that's not Margaret. And then she looks closer and notices that it's signed, as all pictures in between family members are, that says, love, Peg. And so she's like, oh, Peg, and tries that. And it's like, nope, that's the that's the thing. The point where they talk about that earlier, because she's confused about it saying, love, Peg. Yeah. And Alfred's like, oh, my nickname for her. I'm like, well, no, that's just the nickname for that's Margaret. Just, that's just, that's the, the shorter, the shorter now, form of Margaret. I don't know Peg. how the Everyone fuck we that. get from Margaret to Peg, but everybody sure. knows that. Yeah, that's the thing. And so, yeah, so she is. she has the blueprints for the bat stuff projected onto her face because of the laptop is so, the, the computer is so bright. Oh my God, it angered me so much. <laughs> and then. She finds her way to the bat cave. How? And then she accesses the bat computer that Alfred has downloaded his brain into to act as the AI a la Jarvis. Yeah, uh, he's or, Friday. Yeah. No, no, or, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's Alfred Headroom. He's yeah, he literally because he because he does he does like how do we how else can we show that he's a computer program? Well, we're gonna have him glitch out every once in a while because how else is he gonna know he's he's a real computer program? So she gets there and like the alarms go off because she broke into the Batcave, and when AI Alfred realizes it's her, goes, "Oh yeah, I knew you'd get here. I knew you'd find the Batcave." Naturally, I knew you were. Uh, so I, I, I also know that you would want to fight alongside Batman and Robin, that you wanted to be a vigilante, right? I feel like I remember you mentioning to me in one of your Christmas letters a, a few while back about how you were getting really into vigilanteism. Um, and so I, I took the liberty of designing a costume for you so you can jump into the fray. And it's like, uh, where I've, the fuck is this coming from? What Also that, but also... He specifically says, I've made a costume fit to your measurements. Yeah. Dear Alfred, step away from the teenage girl. Yeah. That's, that's right. was she just was he just eyeballing her from the second she got there and was just like, she'll need a cape. She'll need a full cowl that she can remove to just have the domino mask underneath. She'll need a sensible pump. She can't just fight crime in the boots that the boys do. No, 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 of course not. She needs no nipples, obviously. Um, but, but we, thank goodness. Cause right, we no, can't have women's only nipples, men's nipples on these costumes. And then we are going to give her <laughs> shot for shot. The exact same suiting up montage with the weird focus on her rubber clad, butt. that is yes, a shot that has to yes. show up every time they get into the bat costumes, I guess. Um, and then we get to this Audrey two fight where it's a, it, you know, it's, it's, oh, it's, God. it's a girl power moment, guys. It's classic male gaze version of women versus this new nineties, yeah. clueless era, you know, new, new wave feminism. You know, this is a Cher Horowitz, you know, superheroine. And, you know, like, you know, she gives chicks like you give women a bad name. Yeah. That's completely how that should be said to yeah. another woman. So, because neither Batman or Robin can fight Poison Ivy, because one of them has currently been strung up by vines, and the other one is, like, drowning, can't, can't swim. swim. Like, the rubber yeah. isn't conducive to <laughs> swimming. 
No, no. All they did was just play the film yeah. and reverse it. Yeah, that's right. When yeah. he pops up, that's and right. Back down. And then yeah. it goes back down. I'm like, oh my god! Didn't even have time to film him being pulled back in. Batgirl manages to defeat Poison Ivy by throwing her back into the plant that she was perfectly okay in five minutes ago. But now that she's gotten tossed in a weird way, causes the plant to try to eat her. I guess. Um, to, uh, again, we are in a kid's movie when Robin shows up, first of all, how does he find the bat, the, the Robin signal? Uh-huh. Second of all, when he's like, I, I think I want to be with you. I just need a sign. And she says, how about slippery when wet? Yeah. Uh, gross. <laughs> wow. This is a children's movie. Whoa. They kiss and he's got rubber lips. Yeah. Because uh, he knows, again, he knows, can't give like nose plugs to prevent the like dust from getting in there. But can put on mm-hmm. some wax lips to make sure that her deadly poison doesn't kill him by by making sure that she lets him know exactly where Mister Freeze is. How uncomfortable? How did did you kind of skeeve out a little bit when he when he like unwraps? Oh, the, oh yeah. The, oh, uh, it's icky. Uh, yeah. It's like it's like it's, 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 it's like waking up with like the like that weird like film. It's like, yeah. like, like on your lips, and it's just like just peeling that away. So they figure out that uh, Freeze is at the observatory, and the only way to get there is to sell more toys. I, yeah, I right. mean, right. get in now, individual uh, with special silver suit. To, to, to that end, my favorite part of that transition, again, a moment that I don't think was supposed to be funny, is they're leaving Poison Ivy's hideout. They're having this, like, ha-ha fun. Like, she knows who we are. Guess we'll just have to kill her. Yep. And, uh-huh. and and someone's like, should we should we try to do something? And it's like, no time. We got to get to freeze. And then yeah, the next cut is the three of them in individual vehicles in different yep. costumes. And it's like so brand they, new costumes. Yeah, that they had to they had time to ch- run home, change, and get these new ice better to travel on frozen streets vehicles. Well, Justin, hold on to that thought till the end of this fight. <laughs> <laughs> so that they fight. It was good to see that uh, Bruce's old assistant now is a scientist. Yeah, by the way, right? the the woman of color is yeah. his assistant mm-hmm. from Batman Forever. She is the woman. I can't remember her name. She is one of the crew from The Abyss. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh God, The Abyss! Mm-hmm. Right? Such um, a better movie than this. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, there's a lot that's better. Than uh, that's, this. Fair. that's fair. Kimberly Scott is that actress's name. Mm. Thank you, Kimberly Scott. So, fight ensues in the observatory. They realize that they can point the uh, the ray using beams from the sun from the other side of the Earth to melt thaw everybody. It it gets broken. So then they just turn mirrors on. Mm-hmm. It's the satellites for some reason. It's the most ridiculous, like Rube Goldberg kind of setup. Like literally, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll just transmit the entire en- solar energy yeah. around the Earth down through this one telescope. But don't worry, it'll handle it. I'm sure it won't leave any lasting damage to blast no. Gotham with the yeah, force no. of the entire sun focused four times <laughs> on the one point of Gotham. That's right. Sure, sure, oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, conservatively, two dozen people lost some sort of appendage. Oh, for sure. During this freeze to thaw. A hundred percent. That's that's a quick move. But yeah. And, that and is a class action lawsuit right there. My, my, again, my, my favorite is during the fight between Batman and Mr. Freeze, which again, great fight. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
but it's, now our it's, audience, our audience can't see you roll sorry, your eyes. There. I, I, just wanna, I, I, I just want to point that out. <laughs> I very hard rolled my eyes on that one. Yeah. Um, but as the now giant ice cannon is swinging around and the two lab assistants are hanging on, the color commentary they are providing is so great. Where Batman will punch Mister Freeze and he will stagger, and you'll just hear from the, the, the him hanging on, be like, "Yeah!" yeah. <laughs> Then Batman will get hit and they'll go, 30 fighter, 30 fighter! It's the Madden and Summerall of yeah. <laughs> the comic book fight, right? Like, now, now see, you, well, you what's going to happen is Batman's going to try and punch Mr. Freeze, and if he punches him, he's going to land a blow. Yeah, he, he, he zigged when he should have zagged, is what he did. Okay, so Batman defeats air quotes, uh, freeze. But before he takes him out to jail, he's like, hey, I know you lost your wife, but I didn't do that. Here's some footage that we have yeah, here, here's, that here's, is here's literally just footage from, from the, the movie. movie. Yeah, remember that's that right. shot from like 20 minutes ago where, where right. Poison Ivy was confessing? It's just that shot in the angle that we presented it to you. So Batman begs for um, the to get the the cure and of course, you know, Freeze is just carrying it with him. Yeah, he has, like he has two vials. He has double feature. Well, and he also is very quick to like tell, because like Freeze is like, kill me. He's like, this is it. He's like, you stop me. I don't have anything to live for. Kill me. And Batman's like, oh, your wife's not dead. It's like, yeah, we met, we, we just plugged her tank back in, like, right after. Information that could have been useful ten minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, Holy shit, I completely missed that piece of this. Literally, it's, it's, it's throwaway. What? It is throwaway. Oh, my God. But literally, he's like. Kill me, too. Just as you killed my wife. I didn't kill your wife, but she's not dead. <sighs> We found her, restored her. She's still frozen, alive, waiting for you to find a cure. She lives. But vengeance isn't power. Anyone can take a life. But to give life, that's true power, a power you once had. So Freeze, of course, has the cure in one large vial, right? Two. No, two. no, 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 two. Oh, why does yeah. he have it in two vials instead of one vial? It's like the uh, the uh, the um, Pfizer vaccine. Is it's it, two shots. It, yeah, it's, They're going to yeah, give yeah, him you, one now, yeah, and then in three need, weeks, yeah. they'll give him another. You need to make sure is there's no going, side effects. Or is it to set up yet another ridiculous line from Mr. Freeze? Take two of these and call me in the morning. Oh, I forgot. Because he's I, a doctor. I mentally blocked that terrible line. Uh, so they're all wearing silver and black costumes, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. When they're injecting it into Alfred's IV, yes, Dick is wearing the red costume again. Not so only, not only is did Dick... he go into the change out of the silver, he put the red on. And not only did he, and not <laughs> only fuck? did he do that, no one else, neither Batgirl nor Batman, are in their suits. No, they're they're in both sweats. in regular clothes. And so he, so Robin went in and changed back into his regular. Robin costume to be there when Alfred is getting this injection. Listen, after they save Alfred, Robin is going clubbing, and Dick doesn't get laid, but Robin, Robin gets, gets laid. No. So he's like, he's it's putting rubber, on his he gets he's rubber, clad his rubber cock sh- suit. That's Now, right. uh, real world, I guess it took almost three hours to put Chris O'Donnell in the Robin suit. Sure. So do you think he showed up to set after three hours of putting that, up, that on, and saw Clooney and Silverstone in sweats and was like, all right, I'm. Uh, fuck you both. <laughs> yeah. He's like yeah. Schumacher. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm not getting out of it. No, 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 no. We're no, we're rolling. That's right. That's I'm right. here. I, I can act in this. And of course, the movie can't end without an iconic shot of the three of them running at the camera and slow motion with this bat signal behind them. Yeah, Batgirl's part of the team now for the sequel, Batman <laughs> Triumphant. 
that never happened, mm-hmm. thankfully. That never happened. With I'm okay with that. Harley Quinn as the Joker's daughter. Because that yep. doesn't fuck up their relationship anymore. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. an, that's okay. a weird one. Because yep. wasn't it also supposed to be, in Batman Victorious, wasn't it also, I, I believe, it was supposed to be Jeff Goldblum as the Scarecrow? Mm-hmm. Uh, either Jeff Goldblum or <laughs> Marilyn Manson. Ruh-roh. Ruh-roh. Oh. But I think that'll bring us to... And the movie. Gentlemen, that was a lesson in patience. <laughs> yeah. oh, that wasn't a uh, movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I think just like wherewithal more than anything, it's it's My God. it's just so much. And again, like I yes. cannot but when you told me that it's an hour and twenty five minutes long, I cannot believe you. I cannot I don't oh, no, think no, it no, is. No, 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 no. 125, 125. Okay. Two hours and... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that, okay. That makes more you sense. You were saying an hour and 20 yeah, yeah. minutes. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> oh, but did like, I say 125? Sorry about that. Yeah. 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 125. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. Wowzers. Was that one just a... doesn't even feel that. It feels four hours long. Yeah. It's it, prepping me for, for the Snyder, Snyder Cut of yeah. Justice League. Hopefully that's a little better than this. Justin, we've got some questions that we typically answer here. So we're going to give you first crack at each of them. All right. Uh, Justin, who was your favorite character? Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard going into this. I was, I was inclined to say Mr. Freeze, um, both Mm -hmm. because he is, he is honestly sympathetic, um, and just always down to make a pun, no matter the scenario. Um, but honestly, I think, I think my favorite character in this, watching through it again, uh, was probably Gossip Gertie. I think there's just something <laughs> about <laughs> about just the the blithe like again like the, the 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 one holdover from the Burton like is this the 40s or is it the 80s aesthetic that yep. he was going for that 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 one carryover that kind of like made it through where everything else by the time Schumacher gets is just like. Fuck it. Who cares? Who knows what time Ooh. it is? We're not going to show a lot of Gotham anyhow. Who cares? We're not, there's, no, there's no blimps. We're not going to be outside. Uh, God. Oh, boy. That's so a tough bad. one. I, I'm kind of with you, like Justin, like going into it. Again, huge. So I'm 10 years older. I just turned 50. Arnold, you know, defined Arnold and Mel Gibson define action movies for me. So going into it, certainly Arnold, I'm a fan of Arnold, but boy, that. And I'm a fan of his one-liners, but they're so wooden in this. Um, I think my favorite character is actually probably Nora Freeze because <laughs> she doesn't linger too long. She kind of does what she needs to do and moves on through the scene. So, Casey, who's your favorite character? No, it's Gossip Gertie for okay. the exact right. reasons. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right. because because you know she had this stronghold because she's Bob Kane's wife. wife. Yeah. No one could tell her Anything. That's right. Mm-mm. That's right. Uh, Justin, what is the best scene in the movie? Oh boy, um, Lord, uh, I think I think the best scene in this movie is, uh, I mean, uh, is probably. I, I again, I just love. I, I you know what? It's a tie for me. It's a tie for me because they're both terrible. Um, <laughs> It's, it's, uh, as I mentioned before, it is, it is, it is the scene, the scene where, 
Actually, you know, you know what? I, I, I already, I, I ship my answer before I even give it. The best scene in this Go movie ahead. is the three minutes with Jonathan Glover. Uh, that is, Damn it. sorry, but that is, <laughs> yeah, that is, no, but you're absolutely right. That, that it is, it is a hundred percent. It is. He is the person who is like acting at the perfect level for this, but that isn't too stilted. It isn't too detached. He is committed and connecting with the material in a way that gives it this weirdly, bizarrely naturalistic approach. Unlike yeah. anything anyone else is doing, doing, <laughs> you know, you it, the uh, Batman Forever suffers from a lot of that. Not people not knowing what kind of movie they're in, mm-hmm. but uh, much like the same, a sci- uh, doctor in that Rene Ejrebonat, the uh-huh. uh, the doctor. The, I'm like, yeah, you know what movie you're in too, pal. Like, uh-huh. so Casey, God. same for you. You're the oh yeah, yeah, the three minutes of John Glover, 100. percent So this is gonna sound bizarre for me, but again, oh, you know, no. <laughs> I watched this movie. I can't even tell you how many times Christian and I watched this on VHS <laughs> because again, so Christian is he was born in 98, so around you know four, five, six when he was loving Batman and everything around it. This so hits. You know, again, depending on the scene, so hits the perfect space. In terms of ridiculous, pure fun that I'm going to separate from the rest of the film, the opening sequence is slapstick, silly, ridiculous comedy, and you haven't suffered through two hours before that. So, you <laughs> know, fair. the first the first ten minutes, sure, yeah, there you go, first fight, yep, yeah, 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 okay. Uh, Justin, what is one scene you would cut? One, um, <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. You know, you do have the option of when the credits start yeah, to when the, to when the end. end. Yeah, just kind of so right there. There's kind of a, a long chunk in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's hard because there's a lot of weird tangents that the movie goes off on. I think it's. I would either cut the whole tribal dance sequence from the gala. Um, just for posterity's sake, yeah. uh, <laughs> or I would cut the motorcycle chase part of it because I, I and, and like knowing that that was in there more prominently because there was more Batgirl stuff that had to be like cut out of the movie and like wasn't ever like really made a part of it. I know that that yeah. was there just to give Alicia Silverstone something else, some more presence yeah. in the movie. Um, but it really, it literally does. Nothing. You could cut. You could cut from her. You could literally change the start of that scene to being her, like sneaking back in after the first time, her flipping Dick, maybe having a conversation with him, and yeah, then just yeah. moving on. And you've saved about fifteen minutes in the movie, and you know whatever budget would have had to go into yeah. everything that that motorcycle chase race that, was. That motorcycle chase was not a cheap sequence to film the the stunts the action you've got those mm-hmm. set pieces there yeah. was easily like three or four weeks spent on oh, that yeah. whole sequence sure easily sure. yeah it's t- so boy this is just a movie it, you know you i like where you're where you're going like there's a number of scenes barbara with the motorcycles the back and forth between the different locations in gotham like Everything in this movie, there's just like one too many iterations of that. Like, and the movie's just way too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of us gave a timestamp. It's something, and it's like 
40 minutes into the movie and I'm thinking, oh, fuck, there was still an hour and 25 minutes after mm-hmm. that. Like, this movie just needed to be cut. This needed to be like a, like, maybe a 90-minute movie. Maybe oh, yeah. I could have, you know, I could have moved through that better. But this movie, and of course, the HBO Max app on the Xbox where I watched it does not give you the ability to watch it at 1.25 nope. speed no, or one and a half speed, speed you just which I totally did thing. with Howard the Duck. Uh, <laughs> yes, but, you did. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, I don't know what you're cutting, but, man, you got to cut a lot out of this movie. Yeah. I would cut one of the chases. I mean, yeah, sure. Again, it's one too many. Everything nothing, they do, yeah. there's like one too many. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And then finally, Justin, this one actually might be tough. Justin, who is the actor having the most fun? Uh, I mean, again, it's, it's hard. I, 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 in my heart, I want to give it again to John Glover because he, he, but, but I I don't know if he's having the most fun. I think he's just doing the best job. I think he's just doing the best job (laughs) of anyone. Um, I mean, honest, honestly, I really genuinely think that Arnold Schwarzenegger is having a great time with this. I don't think, I, I, I feel like he's really, he's really, he's, he's fine. He's like, yeah, like. I built my career off of one-liners, and now I get a script that is nothing but one-liners. <laughs> uh, like it's great. I just get to hit everyone the same way. Like whether whether it's the you know the universal constant that everything freezes, whether it's the <laughs> let's kick some ice, whether it's the ice age line, whether it's the uh, a laundry service that delivers line when he's in Arkham and he gets the. Yeah. That's right. It's too back. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just, he seems to be having a good time. And like, especially because there's that whole sequence the first time we're in his lair and he's just in a bathrobe, meaning (sighs) that he's only painted from like the neck up and like the like four wrists forward. Sure. And he's just there without his giant bulky suit on with a cigar. And that's the whole scene. (sighs) Oh my God. Casey, what do you think? No one. No one had fun making this movie. <laughs> because all the things you said, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger may be like giving a fun performance, but he had to sit in the makeup to have all that shit put on. Mm. The free suit weighed 75 Ooh, pounds. Boise. I don't wow. care how strong you are. At the That's end a of lot. a 12-hour day, you're going to be tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Sir Silverstone had no fun. I don't think... Um, Uma Thurman, like Uma Thurman's doing a great job, but I don't think she had a fun. Yeah. John Glover pointed out that every take the thing was yelled, you know, this is just a cartoon. Yeah. Nobody had fun. No. Yeah. I, I, I award no points. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, no, I'm with Justin. I think Arnold, uh, you know, I read that he wouldn't shave his head, so they put a bald wig on him. So, uh-huh. I, or a bald cap. I think. Oh, I read he did shave his head. No, no, he would not shave his head, so they put a bald cap on him. Um, I think he's having fun. I think, I think, okay. listen, he gets top billing and he made $25 million in 1999. The conversion factor is about 1.6. So you figure another, what, 12, 14 million on top of 25. The guy makes, mm-hmm. he made almost $40 million for this movie. I think, yeah. I think Jesse, the body's hanging out with him. Yeah, John Bon Jovi shows Jovi's up. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Arnold. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Now, as we said earlier, on a 10-point scale, this movie is currently rated on IMDb at a 3.8. Now, 
Justin, you can use any kind of a scale you like. You can use the 10-point scale. You can use something else. But how would you rate this movie? Uh, I mean, I, again, I, I think that trying to do it at a 10-point scale is, isn't really doing it justice because, <laughs> it, you, you know, art art is subjective. And so I think the the, the best way to really judge this movie and rate it is off of uh, the density of puns in this movie. Uh, the the puns per minute quota on this one is astronomical. I think I wow. think I think this is probably at least you know upwards of twenty. I, I would say like at least like twenty to twenty five like puns per minute of Jeez. of of this movie because again like literally every almost every line that Arnold has. Is a pun in some way, or a reference to the fact yeah. that he is or hoping to cold, be, yeah. <laughs> or hoping to be, or trying to, or delivered to be a pun. Yeah. Uh, Batman and Robin have their fair share of puns. Oh, uh, yeah. Like Poison Ivy makes a lot of like not like again like I wouldn't call what she's doing pun work, but she's just making a lot of like plant references. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like yeah, no, it's a very pun heavy movie. It was like Akiva Goldman was like, hey, you remember that holy rusted metal at the end of Batman Forever? If Which you like that, yeah, that's that, right. That yeah, one that, was funny. That one was fine because it was a good reference. It was a good that's callback. Right. Yeah, and the fact that he says, you know, it's it's rusty and full of holes, holes. you know, holy, yeah. and Batman just goes, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. If you like that, I got something in store for you. Um, you're wrong, Akiva. But <laughs> Casey, what do you? How about you? Watching this movie uh, <laughs> made me remember. Sitting in the movie theater, seeing this movie on a date with a girl I very much wanted to date. Um, oh no! <laughs> did did you get I, icicle cock blocked by this movie? No. No. <laughs> no. When did this movie come out? Ninety nine. Yeah. Or ninety seven. No, sorry. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah. No, I was. No, I was sixteen. Oh, um, okay. Um, no, and I remember sitting in the theater watching the movie about twenty minutes in, and I went. I don't have to like this just because it's Batman. I think this is the first time I realized I didn't have to like something because it belonged to the IP that I liked. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give this bad boy a 1.5. Ooh, all right, yeah. Generous. So the adult me awards this movie no points. There's no reason Mm -hmm. to watch it. But I have to acknowledge, again... There's no reason to watch this movie. That's just my score. There's a slice, you know... (laughs) In Crayon, I would give this movie a B because it's for kindergartners who would be entertained by that. This movie serves the purpose. Now, there's stuff they're going to miss; they'll go over their heads, but and that's okay. That's That's okay. That's okay. Now, Justin, Casey, and I are both dads. I believe Mm -hmm. that you are an uncle, and I I wonder if you are often asked by people, "Hey, is this a movie I can watch with my kids?" How would you tell? How would you answer that question? Uh, I mean, yeah, kind of like to the, the to the point of your rating. I think a hundred percent it is because it, I don't think there's really anything in it that is too explicit that couldn't really be like watch. I think I now don't get me wrong. You're gonna get questions about stuff. <laughs> That's right. Um, That's right. I, I, I think I think you're you are gonna have to have that hard heart to heart talk about bat nipples uh, with <sighs> with this one especially, um, but. 
I mean, other than that, yeah, I think I think this is a this is kind of a fine one. It's a lot, there's a lot of slapstick humor to the point where they will even toss in Hannah like Warner Brother like Hanna Barbera like sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Banana peel slip. Banana yeah. peel slip. One hundred percent. Um, and like yeah, I, I think I think it's, I think I think it's 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 pretty straightforward. I think it's a perfectly fine. I we I weirdly think that like Batman Forever is 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 a is a harder movie to have kids watch. Mm-hmm. Than, yep. than than this one more, is and more it's, grown up. Yeah, it's more grown up, and it, it it deals with like bigger concepts, and that would be the only reason why, because like it, it deals with like you know media manipulation and like the role that television plays in kind of like our day to day life, um, and like mm-hmm. but like and this one doesn't really have any of those themes. There's there's like yeah like, like objectively Poison Ivy is supposed to be like an eco warrior, but it, that doesn't really ever that's not really a part sure. of it at all. It's just she. A little just, kid's just, not going to pick up on that. Yeah, she just has different wigs and different costumes in every scene, and you know, yep. like, it's like just flirting with everyone, and it's like, all right, <laughs> yeah, um, no, a no, don't <laughs> show this to anyone. Uh, B to piggyback, if you take Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, you see a director who may or may not want to be there. To make the movie, but you can see that they're still putting passion into Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. Batman Forever is not a great movie, but it's a fun, stupid watch. Yeah, Batman and Robin is—he pretty much hate fucks us with this movie. <laughs> yeah, like, he's yeah. so angry at everybody. Yeah, he's he he is so mad at the fact that the studio is literally making him include sequences to sell toys. That yep. he he makes a reference to it in the script of the movie. He has Akiva Goldsman write the line for Poison Ivy about how she's a lover, not a fighter. That's why every Poison Ivy action figure comes with him and then references, like, Bane. Yep. <laughs> that's exactly why that's there. He is, he's, that's and, his and F.U. For, to the studio? Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. How yeah, about I, you, Todd? I, think, I mean, you showed this to yeah, your child. Well, here's the th- And again, what works against this is the movie is so long and there's that the, too. the pacing drags in places. So if you're mm-hmm. watching it with a kid that loves the cartoonish aspect of the movie, you're going to be fast forwarding through a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. which again, listen, I, again, Chris, I can't, I cannot <laughs> tell you how many times we watch this movie. Uh, well, because I, I would, I would suggest instead of this, watch Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Or, or Batman Sub Zero. Like, what? Like, watch like the, oh, yeah, the Mr. Watch Freeze one, one too. Sure, like, sure. There's, there's like any, anything, any of the movies spun off from Batman the animated series would be much better watches because they're condensed, oh, they're better written, yep. and they're, they're, they move. You, and they've you got know, Kevin Conroy. Yeah, they bringing, got Kevin Conroy. This, bringing this up on the HBO Max app, uh, you know, and in, in entering Batman to search and uh, seeing the wealth of Batman animated content there, I mm-hmm. was a little bit wistful. I was like, I'd rather watch any of those. <laughs> please, uh, Batman Ninja? Sure, I'll watch that. Please, sure. don't make me watch I this I haven't one. even watched Batman Ninja. I would have watched just... it before I watched this one. <laughs> if I had sure. a choice. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> if that, yeah, yeah, 100%. So I think it's time for a little something yeah. that we're going to need Justin's help with. And now it's time to pull the next movie from Thor's helmet. That's uh, right. Yes. Now we're going to do this virtually. So uh, uh, we have brought you Thor's helmet through the <laughs> magic of, of Odin. And you just you just go ahead and say stop whenever you want me to stop digging. Stop. Come on. Now, if you pull, if you pull MCU, we get to watch Age of Ultron. Like, oh, which no. I know. Calm the uh, fuck that, down. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I am, Jesus. I am... <laughs> 
I'm okay with that. It's a lot of words. Oh, oh damn God. it. Oh, no. What is it? Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I am so sorry, oh, guys. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to double tap you like this. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. The next movie up will be the first Fantastic Four movie. Oh. This, hey, we we're almost in the MCU. We got Chris Evans. We got you're Chris Jason. Evans. You're working. You're oh. working your way there. Oh no! Oh. Okay. Well, this 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 just continues the uh, shit on Todd and Casey Fest that has been this season of our podcast. <laughs> right. Listen, we we oh good lord, uh, we've already watched the the modern you know the reboot of Fantastic the Four. Oh, one. No. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yep. Okay. You know what was well, more frustrating about that one, and we talked about it in the podcast, but I want to talk about it with Justin yeah. is that it's actually a good movie until it's very clear the studio stole it from Josh Trank and made it something yep. else. Uh-huh. Like I was like I was in on this. Okay. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's a decent setup, and then the rest of the movie happens. All of a sudden, something happens, and what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Unlike this movie, that is just bad. That is from all the, the, the jump. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Well, all right, let's watch that trailer. Exposure to a high energy cosmic storm could advance our knowledge about planetary life. To our future. I don't trust him. We got what we wanted. Just worried about what he wants. your life do you is that a trick question come on am i the only guy who thinks this is cool what if we got these powers for a reason i've always wanted power victor you always thought you were a god let's not fight no let's Don't even think about it. Never do. Thank you. So are you. So, boy, we're... uh, damn it. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, Casey, you remember when we had that guy Justin on and he fucked us with the movie pull? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, at least least it's the first one which, like, has 
moments in it, and it is not it is not the second one yet. Oh, the second one's a fucking joke. Agree, agree. And now either of you want to take a guess at the IMDB score for the 2005 Fantastic Four. Uh, I would honestly, I would probably say it sits pretty pretty cozy around maybe like a five point four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking in the in the mid fives. Five point seven. Look at you guys. Yeah, yeah. Nice. All right. We know our shitty movies. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's, it's right. just it's just middle of the road enough that especially I, th- I think again it, it's one of those movies that got retroactively worse when we yeah. got better performances out of like Chris Evans and like better Marvel movies in general. <sighs> Um, I, I'm not. I'll say it right now. I'm going to have a tough time watching Chris Evans in this because. Well, the good thing is this is on Disney Plus, so we don't have to pay. There the you money. go. <laughs> yes, great. I believe it's on Disney Plus. I oh think yeah, this it, is is. One of the, it is. I think I'm pretty sure it's in. It's it's because I remember when they the, put it. I'm like, really? Of all the the Fox franchise <laughs> mm-hmm. superhero movies, this is the okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um. So. Uh, fuck me. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. (laughs) So, Justin, despite the movie we watched and the movie we're about to watch, uh, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is a blast. Please please come back and see us again. Absolutely. You are more than welcome. You have open invitation. If you want to send us an email of movies that you want to be part of, we're good with that. Oh yeah, I, I can I, I can think of a couple that'll be interesting. I think to watch. <laughs> if, hey, hey, if 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 anything, if we want to do, if we want to really round out the Fantastic Four series, we they're probably I would a hundred percent come back if we want to watch the Robert Altman, Roger, uh, the, the Roger the Roger, Roger Corman, Corman the Roger one, one <laughs> which sold. Which it's, I will, it's in the helmet. I it will is in say helmet. this. I will happily come back to that, and I will say this and, and die on this hill. So far, at least, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie <laughs> is the most comics accurate Fantastic Four movie that has ever been made. It is the most Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 100%. Okay. It's terrible. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's a bad movie, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an accurate for Fantastic Four. Mm. Oh, oh, boy. Man. Okay. Okay, so uh, that was a movie... That now we if, I'd never have to watch again. Never yeah. again. Uh, nope. But if you do want to watch uh, something again, you should really go check out Justin's TikTok because hey. you know I appreciate you go deep. You go deep into the into the into the nerd cult as well. So uh, folks that dig that shit, go check it out. And Justin, once again, where do folks find you? Your TikTok and anywhere else? Yeah. Uh, so on TikTok, I am at moose underscore zero. Uh, if you if you enjoyed the kind of nerdy conversations happening during this, uh, I, I deliver bite-sized pieces of that uh, where and when mm-hmm. I can, and also just making fun of shitty nerd gatekeeper culture. Um, <laughs> That's right. Uh, and then, the worst. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm at Twitter at moo underscore so, uh, like a cow in a needlepoint thread, um, <laughs> and uh, at in, on Instagram. At Justerino, J-U-S-T-E-R-I-N-O, because uh, I was not anticipating becoming an internet personality well after establishing uh, other social media uh, handles. And so now, unfortunately, I can't consolidate that. So I'm all Uh, over the place, but I'm there. All right. That's good. Hey, Casey. Uh, You you can uh, get in contact with the TSPHC using uh, going to uh, Twitter with the handle... At T S P H C tweets, Instagram, Superpod Herocast, 
And if you'd like to write us a long form letter on why you think Batman and Robin's a good movie, bring it. I can't wait to hear that. Fight uh, us. You can do that at superpodherocast at gmail.com because... Only Cap writes letters. Tony. Music for the podcast comes to us from a couple of places. Our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music royalty-free at incompetech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at silvermansound.com. Thank you to Night Shift Radio for hosting us on their network. A uh, lot of exciting things coming up in in the near future for Night Shift Radio. I might be involved in one of those things. Uh, um, that's all I can say right now. Uh, well, it's, it's already been teased when this comes out. Oh, show 17 Night, for humans. Night Shift Media has its first animated series coming. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, so, Casey, awesome. what would you get if an AI from the future designed to create late-night programming for humans goes rogue? <laughs> what would you get? Well, you you'll get have to show find out 17. Summer. That's right. For humans. <laughs> for humans. So that'll do it for the Superpod HeroCast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Justin Mousseau, I'm Todd Panic. And for Casey Ryan, I'm Justin Mousseau. Be heroic. I believe you yelled at me when we did R.I.P.D. that that would be stupid to have each one of the guests say R.I.P.D. Well, that so was we're not stupid. doing that either. That was stupid, but okay. All right. How fucking dare you? <laughs>